Hello and welcome to Staff Picks, the podcast for movie nerds by movie nerds. As always, I'm Mario Lanza and I am your host on our journey through the movies out there that just need a little more love. And our movie today is I am breaking one of my rules, and I know I've said this before, I don't necessarily like sequels. You will very rarely hear a sequel talked about on Staff Picks because in general I find the idea of sequels abhorrent. I do not like them. I do not like the idea that they rip off the, all the ideas and character development of the first movie and just go with it and take credit for it. But there are some rare sequels out there that I think are very interesting because they're light years ahead of other sequels and other franchises, and they actually happen to be very good movies on their own. They could actually be standalones. And one of them, my favorite, is one we are talking about today. We are talking about Rocky II, the 1979 sequel to the original Rocky movie from 1976, which I believe won Best Picture, came out of nowhere. And this is the sequel. And I have always had a soft spot for this movie for a couple of reasons. One, I think it's very well done for a sequel. Two, I think it picks up immediately where the first one left off, which I really like when they do that in movies. It's like literally what would happen next that night. And the other reason I wanted to talk about this movie is that Rocky II is never, ever mentioned when people talk about their favorite Rocky movies. They tend to like one, three, or four, or if you're weird, maybe Rocky Balboa or some of the later ones, but no one ever talks about two. And I think that's a shame because I think two is really, really good and just as good as those other ones. So I'm very pleased to be talking about a sequel here and I want to bring my guest on. Uh, let's see. Uh, he is an actor. He's a voiceover guy, all around pop culture movie fan. I have wanted to get him on a podcast for a long time because he knows his stuff and we've known each other for years online. And this is the first time we've ever actually met. So welcome to talk about Rocky II, Brett Bauer. Hey there. Very glad to be here. I, I know you from way back in your like MySpace days of blogging. <laughs> way, way, way back. For those who may not – we have a young audience, so I better explain what MySpace yeah, is. Yeah, let's tell you what MySpace is. <laughs> yeah, this was the social media before Facebook. Now, Facebook is considered old and outdated now. MySpace was before that. So Brett is talking about something that was at least 14 years ago, I would say. Exactly. Should we explain what blogging is? Is that even a thing anymore? <laughs> See, this is like a, it's like a Pandora's box. Once you open one term, you have to explain the one before that and before yeah, that. So let's blog, stop. Blogging, blogging was before TikTok or Snapchat or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Brad and I have, have known each other forever. Why don't you give people a little history on who you are, what you do, and why you are a good co-host to talk about Rocky Two. Oh, gosh. Uh, I've been acting all my life. I've done some screenwriting and, and directing and uh, uh, voiceovers, the acting and voiceovers. That's basically my full time job. Um, I do some dinner theater shows. Uh, I'm, I'm based in OKC. And, um, you know, I'm just kind of a, a film geek. You know, I love video editing and uh, yeah, pretty much anything about movie making. I, I love it, except like uh, producing and, you know, trying to find the money to make stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so none of that was specific to Rocky, too, though, Brett. <laughs> Absolutely none of that was specific to Rocky. But uh, trust me, I've got I, I, I just watched the movie. I think I have like literally four pages of notes of things I wanted to remember to mention or certain lines I love. Uh, yeah, Rocky, Rocky, too. I totally agree with you that it. 
I mean, it really could stand on its own. Uh, I do love how, like you mentioned, it picks up right after the first one uh, left off. You know, it's kind of like, you know, Karate Kid 2 starts like with the aftermath right after Karate Kid. And the same thing with the with Rocky 2 starting as they're, you know, in the ambulance traveling to the hospital after the big fight from uh, from the first film. Yes, although I guess we do have to throw out this question very early. Because there was a lot of people that wanted to do this episode. I said I was doing Rocky 2. There's a whole list of people that all said, oh, I live in Philadelphia. I want to do that. Oh, I'm a boxer. I want to do that. But <laughs> So there's a lot of Rocky fans listening to this. So what are your favorite Rocky movies? Give me your top three. And I will say that leading off, you don't have to say Rocky 2 is your favorite because it's not my favorite personally. Oddly enough, Rocky II, I actually would put at the top. I'm probably one of those rare Rocky fans that I go straight for uh, the the sequel being being my favorite of the uh, of the franchise. It is actually the first of the Rocky movies that I ever saw. I didn't see any of them in the actually the only one I think I saw in the theater was like Rocky V and Rocky Balboa. I, I think. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. I know. I was just uh, I, I was uh, the wrong age when these movies were coming out. But uh, like in the late 80s, they were playing like one Rocky movie a week on either ABC or, or CBS and uh, missed the first one. But I remember the sequel was on and, and we caught that one. And uh, I remember my mom saying that she had a, a friend from church, a female friend from church that always loved the Rocky movies. And she thought, you know, well, hey, if if my female friends likes this boxing movie, it must be okay. So saw the second one, absolutely loved it. Uh, then the next week on TV, they they played you know Rocky three, and then I think they stopped. I think they had just played one, two, and three on TV. And so then we went to uh, we rented uh, Rocky one and Rocky four were the only other ones that were out. We went to go re- rent those on. Um, on something kids that was called VHS. <laughs> Uh, way back in the day, you know, when there were video stores. I mean, wow, that makes me sound really, really, really old when I think about it. Um, anyway, so rented Rocky 1 and Rocky 4. The funny thing is, so we watched Rocky 1, and I knew that, you know, it got Best Picture and everything. But um, my parents were – foul language was something they were pretty strict about when it came to, to movie watching. So we pop in Rocky one, and I don't know if we made it more than maybe 20 or 30 minutes into the movie before we basically fast forwarded to the end and watched the, you know, the boxing match. So that was all I knew of, of Rocky one. Uh, but Rocky two, um, not only because it has a lot of my favorite moments from the series and some of my favorite lines from the series, if nothing else, the fact that nobody dies in it, and also the fact that it's not Rocky V, uh, it does happen to be my favorite, uh, my favorite Rocky entry. So Rocky Two doesn't have any language compared to One. I'm trying to remember. I don't remember One off the top of my head that well. Uh, well, it, it also it would have been on TV. It would have been edited for TV. So if there was, you know, if there was some minimal language, they they cut it out, and it also would have been edited for time. Um, so yeah, I don't remember a lot of language, at least in the edited for TV version that I saw in, you know, 1987 on, uh, whatever network was, was airing them once a week. Wait a minute. Rocky won best picture and it was rated PG and it was still deemed unsuitable for you. 
You know what I think it was? I'm pretty sure it was that that conversation where he's walking that that young like preteen girl mm-hmm. home, and she flips him off and goes, "Screw you, creepo." <laughs> I think something about that. I remember my parents were like, "Ah, let's let's skip ahead to the boxing at the end," you know. <laughs> so yes, thank you to the girl that said, "Screw you, creepo." And the fact that Sloan wrote that line, I didn't get to enjoy your movie, Sly. <laughs> I, we just did a uh, South Park movie podcast, and I was laughing about how most people had never heard that level of swearing when the South Park movie came out. And I'm, I, that ties right into my point where screw you, creepo, was enough to cancel a movie for the in the Bauer household. <laughs> exactly. Trust me, there are a lot of movies as a kid that I never saw the whole thing until I was like in my 20s. Like, I, I can remember Superman 2. I, I remember being so excited. I was probably like seven and Superman 2 was going to be on TV, probably like, you know, the Sunday night movie of the week, uh, kind of something that they've revived lately. Um, but I think... Oh, there were like a couple curse words, probably 30 minutes worth of the movie we saw. And then I didn't see it until decades later. I had no idea the whole plot of Superman, like becoming human and all that. I'm like, I never saw that. Wait a minute. What swear words are in Superman, too? I, I, I refuse to believe this. I mean, it's it's so tame. There's like a hell and a damn. I mean, it, it's like, you know, Lois Lane is about to throw herself into the water to see if he'll save her because she wants to try to prove that he's superman and right before she falls into the water she says something like you know you're gonna have yourself a hell of a story wow and then i think somewhere let yeah it's it's a hell and a damn and but when you're seven and my parents are trying to shield me from from that kind of language from those hooligans <laughs> yeah that one that one got turned off <laughs> wow. well i just remember suddenly off the top top of my head that christopher reeve does reel off about eight mf words in that movie <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> I'm like, I don't remember seeing yeah, that version. It's the Eddie Murphy version. <laughs> the Eddie Murphy version, yeah. Okay, well, uh, okay, I've mentioned a couple times Rocky. The original Rocky won Best Picture in 76. Is that correct, or did it lose? I always forget that, if it won or lost. No, that is, that is correct. Yeah, I got Best Picture. Uh, you know, Stallone wrote it. He wrote the whole thing. I want to say he wrote it kind of like, I don't know, like on a napkin or something. <laughs> I mean, like he wrote kind of the outline of this movie in just a few days. And then his whole thing was that he wanted to, you know, play the role. And obviously they just wanted to buy the screenplay from him and they wanted to get, you know, whoever was big at that time, you know, a Robert Redford or whoever to to be in the movie. But, you know, he knew that it was it was his role. It's literally his, you know, underdog story. I mean, not. Not that he was a boxer, but I mean, just the underdog story was was it was his thing. So, yeah, it was totally his baby. And boy, howdy, did it pay off. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I want to get across, because I'm assuming most of my listeners know the Rocky franchise. We're not going to go through too much of it, but there may be like there's some people that listen to every one of my episodes and they then go out and see the movie. So. We'll give people, let's see, I'll give a quick history of Rocky that, again, Sylvester Stallone, huge action star in the 80s. A lot of people don't realize how bright this guy is. Like, he's got, yeah, yeah, he talks slow because he's got, like, a speech birth defect, like the forceps used broke or ripped one of his nerves or something you know about that yeah that's how why he has the whole yeah the the lip that kind of kind of you know uh 
drops down the side of his mouth. Yeah, okay. So so he talks like he's stupid, but he's not. He wrote this original movie, Rocky, and basically wanted that to be his entry into Hollywood. He was a struggling actor. He wrote this whole movie for himself. They wanted to buy it. He says, no, I have to star in it. They didn't want him to, want him to do it. It ended up winning Best Picture out of nowhere came out of nowhere and then exactly. yeah and then three years later this is the sequel to the best picture and not only did sylvester stallone write this one again he also directed it which i would think is really interesting yeah yeah he directed it also um he was also at the time he was so broke i think i remember seeing this in maybe like a youtube documentary or something that he um before before they made rocky he was so broke he like sold his dog <laughs> Just to get some cash. And then after the movie made good, he, you know, was able to buy his own dog back. <laughs> so that one of the perks of winning Best Picture is you can buy your dog back. You you have you have some cash. You can now buy your own dog back. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But yeah, there's so many urban legends about Rocky. And I'll sum it up real quickly. Again, I assume most people know this, but Rocky is the story of this boxer he's just this loser boxer he's not even special just this slow talking dim-witted guy who can take a beating pretty well and for some reason the heavyweight champion of the world this guy named apollo creed the best boxer of all time sees this guy in he's in a boxing list a list of boxers he likes the guy's nickname the italian stallion says i'll fight this guy on the fourth of july on the in the bicentennial in philadelphia it'll be a big american thing because and then rocky almost beats him like apollo creed barely escaped with his life and the whole first movie is rocky just proving that he's not a loser that somebody can go the distance with a champion and actually make something of his life and like overcome all these obstacles so it's like this big hero story moment of this this dimwit rocky balboa but he loses the first boxing match and then in the sequel it starts off immediately where that first one ends uh speaking of the whole go the distance thing i just remembered um okay so i didn't see very much of the first movie as a kid but a few years later i remembered they played it on tv and then I caught, you know, a lot more of it. But tragically, they cut out what is one of the best scenes of the first film that I never saw. Um, it's it's where the whole the saying, you know, go the distance for the whole Rocky series came from. It's you know, he comes home and he lays down in bed and he's, you know, just kind of staring off into space. And he's just saying, you know, I can't do it. I can't I can't I can't fight this guy. I mean, all I want to do is go the distance. You know, I get to the 15th round, hear that final bell and I'm still standing you know, everybody's going to know I'm not just another bum from the neighborhood, you know, go the distance with the champ. And they cut that whole scene out when they played it on TV years ago. And then I finally watched it like on DVD, the the, the first film. And I'm like, how have I never seen <laughs> that scene before? It's like the quintessential scene from the first Rocky other than like the, you know, him punching the, the meat and the, you know, meat packing plant. But that's such a great scene. I could not believe that they would cut that for time. Dang it. Is it because uh, Adrian says "screw you, creepo" at the end? Probably <laughs> something like, "Yeah, yeah, hey, hey, Rocky, get out of my bed." Screw you, creepo. <laughs> I, well, I have to say, Brett and I come from an era. Now, how old are you? You're thirties, late thirties, I would assume. Oh, bless you, bless you, Mario. <laughs> I I just turned forty-four not that long ago. Right, well, I'm forty-six, so I'm still older than you. But Brett and I come from an era where a lot of kids grew up watching movies, but you'd only see the TV edit version of them. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. this is very common with people our age. And then you see the movie, the theater version later, and it was much different. Yeah, and there was no such thing as, you know, just 
finding your favorite scenes on YouTube or, you know, anything like that, any social media video posts. Yeah, you couldn't find any of that stuff. Either you saw it in the theater, you saw the edited for TV version, or you rented it from a mysterious place called Blockbuster <laughs> or something like that back Oh, this is pre-Blockbuster, my friend. Blockbuster came later. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so oh, i got to tell you my favorite. This has nothing to do with Rocky, but I, I my listeners might like this. They... Everybody grew up seeing these TV movies and not knowing they were different than the theater version. My favorite was the Steve Martin movie, The Jerk. Are you you're familiar yeah. with that one? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I saw that movie dozens of times on TV. And in the TV version, Steve Martin has a dog, and the dog's name is Stupid. And I loved it because he's like, come here, stupid. Hey, you're the stupidest dog ever, stupid. And I thought that was such a funny joke when I was seven years old. Then, about ten years later, I saw the theater version where the dog's name is Shithead. <laughs> so Now that I think of it, I don't think I've ever seen the edited version where he's just called Stupid. That's, that's almost kind of funnier. <laughs> it almost is, but man, did that blow my mind when I heard him call his dog Shithead. Yeah. So, there you go. This is our era for my younger listeners. This is where we grew up, where there was multiple versions of, of movies floating around like the Mandela Effect. Yep, yep. <laughs> okay, so Rocky II, the sequel to this best picture. And again, they could have thrown together any old crap for the second movie. They could have done anything. I mean, that movie was guaranteed to make money. But Stallone wrote it again. He directed it. It's got all the same featured players as the first one, including the music. No one ever talks about how amazing Bill Conti's music is of Rocky. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, you cannot think of a Rocky movie without the Rocky soundtrack oh it's epic and rocky 2 i will give the ultimate compliment is that i often get it confused with rocky 1 when i think of specific scenes the two movies are so similar i sometimes forget which one's in which movie yeah i, I can see that i can mm -hmm. see that and the other thing is that i've heard the rocky series described as the first one is a great movie the second one is also a really pretty good movie and then starting in three it turns into a cartoon <laughs> And again, I love Rocky three. Rocky three is my personal favorite one, but there's no denying it's a huge cartoon. Like it, there's, it doesn't really exist in the real world, but that's what I love about two. It really tries to hold on to still being a real movie. And I will always appreciate that about it. Absolutely. The, the first one, Rocky one, well, Rocky one and two, they're barely even boxing movies. When you think about it, they are, they are, uh, dramas. They're character driven dramas and you know you have the quintessential everyman this underdog character that everybody can relate to and wants to cheer for that's what i think is the overall appeal of the rocky franchise and why especially that first one came out of nowhere and got the best picture uh the second one is still a drama it's still character driven drama it's very much you know it's like rocky 1a and rocky 1b you know they're they're so they're so similar. The second one, in my opinion, is the funniest of the franchise. I think it has some of the funniest uh, one-liners one from from Balboa and from, of course, uh, Burgess Meredith was just perfection in the role as, as his trainer. And then, yeah, when Rocky III rolls around, that's when it becomes a straight-up action movie. Rocky Three, Rocky Four against the Russian. You know, yeah, that's when the series became action films. Mm -hmm. 
and I will say Rocky 2, I have heard, I know Bill Simmons on The Ringer writes about Rocky movies all the time, and he doesn't like Rocky 2 because he flat out says it's a chick movie, that it's not even, it doesn't belong with the rest of the the series because it's really just a like a romance like it's not he doesn't like it but that is what i do like about it because it's such a different tone than you would think you're going to get from a rocky movie yeah exactly you don't you don't have to like boxing to like rocky one or rocky two there boxing is just kind of a you know it's a backdrop to you know drive the plot but yeah the the boxing is is pretty much the last thing you even think about uh, you know, of the, the first two films. Yeah, Rocky II in particular. And we'll go through the plot in a minute, but it's an hour and a half of relationship drama, and it's very sad. It's very realistic of how this guy's life would go after the first Rocky movie. And then it kicks into a boxing movie for the last 30 minutes. But boy, yep. are those a fun 30 minutes. In fact, I've often said that's my favorite 30 minute stretch of any movie ever is the minute Adrian says when, and the music starts and you're in for a ride. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, I, I get you. I mean, I just watched the movie and I saw that moment like 45 minutes ago, but you saying it right now, I, it still gives me chills thinking about that moment. It's one of my all time favorite movie moments in history. That it's, it's also one they used to play. Um, I grew up in Seattle. The Seattle Mariners are my favorite baseball team. And they'd always have these movie clips they'd play right before the ninth inning for the Mariners to rally because often the Mariners were behind, so we needed to rally. And they'd play movie clips. And whenever they'd play this clip, Adrian's like, win. And it goes ding. And then Mickey's like, what are we waiting for? Like, the crowd goes crazy. It would always go crazy because yeah. that's such a cool moment. So, again... Like, this movie, it's not as fast-paced as the other Rocky movies, and it's not the same tone as the other ones. But boy, when it kicks into the last 30 minutes, I cannot think of a movie. In fact, I will give this my ultimate, ultimate compliment. I wish I had a time machine so I could go back and watch this movie in the theater. Oh, yeah, to watch it for the first time with, uh, you know, a packed house watching it for Uh the first time. I imagine it was, uh, you know cheering in the crowd you like it's a real boxing match you know and, it would yeah. have been crazy and again i the first rocky movie i ever saw in the theater was rocky 4 probably the same as you with the russian that was 87 so this is eight years after rocky 2 but boy like if they ever invented time machines like most people would go back and like you know cure cancer and cure world hunger <laughs> i would use mine for something way more frivolous i have to go see rocky 2 in the theater i want to experience an opening night because there is probably never a theater experience better than that yeah, I, I can't even imagine what that would have been like. Uh, just electric. Yeah. Okay, Brett, are you ready to dive through the plot of Rocky Two here? I, I'm I'm ready. I'm absolutely ready. Oh, and my my Rocky um, encyclopedia is going crazy right now, and it's like, wait, 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 no, Rocky Four was 1985. Sorry, I had to mention that. <laughs> wait, wait, there's no way, there's no way Rocky Four was 95. It was 85. Oh, 85. Yeah. Okay, okay. Eight, 85, yeah. Okay, that's probably right. Yeah, that's the one I saw in the theater with my parents. Yeah. Okay, so here we go. The Rocky series, a mainstay on TBS, TNT. They always run these on TV. And again, Rocky Two, kind of the Jan Brady of the early movies. No one ever talks about it, although they should. I really love this I, one. I really don't understand why it gets that, you know, redheaded stepchild treatment uh hopefully this little podcast will shed some much needed light on it because it's a fantastic film in the in the series how dare you call staff picks a little podcast brett 
Oh, the, the, the Freudian slip there. This absolutely monstrous, epic, just colossal podcast. I, I, I must tell you, there's going to be at least two dozen listeners, Brett. So just letting you know, I'm not to brag. You two dozen people, you are, you are swell. You're a swell bunch. Whoever you are. Wait, you really? Okay, you really were raised without parent with parents that didn't swear. If you're still saying swell, <laughs> that's just me being just my goofy self. Okay, so Rocky Two again. Like I said, one of the rare sequels that literally starts the minute that the first one ends, and it goes into what would happen next. So, Brat, walk us through the opening scene. How do we start here? Okay, I have I have to rewind about ten seconds to the very very last moment of Rocky One. Just because I had forgotten how funny this line is, you know, they announced the uh, the the split decision, and Adrian is trying to get through the crowd, and and they're asking Rocky a question, and he's like, no, 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 Adrian, Adrian, Adrian. Finally, she gets up to him, and you think it's going to be this epic moment where he says something amazing, like, you know, Adrian, I I, I went the distance, I, and and he he goes, Adrian, where's your hat? <laughs> Her, her little red beret thing or whatever had like fallen off when she's you know waiting through the crowd so she gets all the way up to him and he just goes where's your hat and she's like i love you then they embrace that's the end of the movie and it starts with the the ride in the ambulance to the to the hospital because you know <clears throat> rocky and apollo are both really 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 busted up from that uh from that fight um anyway and you know you have the press well, not a press conference, but, you know, paparazzi just swarming in the lobby as they're both, you know, in wheelchairs, you know, asking them the typical post-fight questions. Um, but then I think the first poignant moment of the movie, I really love this little bit. Uh, it's it's when, um, oh, it's Rocky. He has his entire face, like, well, half his face is all bandaged up. It kind of looks like, you know, Phantom of the Opera with half his face there. Uh, and he he goes to Apollo's hospital room, knocks on the door, opens the door, and he's like, "Hey, Apollo, you know, it's me, it's me, Rocky. Where's your hat? <laughs> Where, where's your hat? Where, where's your hat, Apollo? Um, anyway, but he goes, he he just has this one question he wants to ask, and he just goes, "Did you give me your best?" And Apollo goes, "Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, I did." And that's it. He just goes, thank you. And he closes the door. That's it. That's all he wanted to know because he didn't want to feel like, you know, that he was carried to the end of the fight. He wanted to know if I really went the, the distance with the chant, did he give me his best? And yeah, Apollo uh, just swallows his pride and says, yeah, 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 you did. <laughs> I just thought that was a really, uh, really cool scene. Oh, and there's another funny line. It's, uh, uh, oh, the nurse comes to check on, on Rocky and, uh, she just says, uh, how, how are we feeling tonight? And he goes, oh, v very handsome. <laughs> With, you know, half his face hanging out. <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing that needs to be reiterated about this movie is that, you know, the first movie and the Rocky movies have historically gotten a lot of criticism that the boxing scenes are not very realistic. Because basically they just stand there and get hit in the head over and over like that's not real boxing. <laughs> But that's what I love about Rocky, too, is that Rocky and Apollo took such a beating in the first movie that the literally the first scene of the second movie is I'm going to the hospital because that's exactly what would happen. Yeah. Yeah. If you took that many punches, you uh, you better be in a hospital for sure. Yeah. And so so Apollo has won. But Apollo 
only won by a decision, by points at the end. The judges scored him the winner, and he thought he should have kicked the crap out of this nobody Rocky. So even in the, the start of the movie, they're fighting, right? They're like in wheelchairs, and Apollo's like... Yeah, they're, they're arguing, you know, whether, uh, who, who really won. You know, Mickey is like, I don't care what anybody else says. This guy, Rocky, he was the real winner, you know? Uh, <laughs> and then you have other, uh, other reporters, or... You know, the general vibe of the movie is that some think, well, no, it should have just been a draw. And then, you know, it was a split decision, so it was two out of three judges scored it in Apollo's favor. Uh, but he feel, you know, Apollo feels like if he really is the champ and, you know, he's just fighting this little, you know, no-name club fighter, he should have just absolutely, you know, wiped the floor with him. And the guy really did go the distance. And it was based on – there was a fight that uh, that Stallone had seen – Sometime in the early mid seventies, some uh, somewhere in there, uh, it was Muhammad Ali. I think fought this guy. I mean, it was a similar story. It was just it was Chuck Wepner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you know the guy's name. I couldn't think of the guy's name, but yeah, he just fights this just kind of no name guy, and I don't. I think the guy did knock uh, Ali down at some point, but yeah, it's it's essentially what gave him the idea of. The whole Rocky story of this, you know, a no name getting a shot at the title and and going the distance. Yeah. And then that's exactly what happens in this movie is that, yeah, Rocky went the distance and he shouldn't have. Again, just picture Muhammad Ali picking some guy in a bar and challenging him to a fight. And the guy actually makes it to the end and Muhammad Ali can't knock him out. That's the premise. So Apollo Creed is pride is hurt. And that's the whole point of this movie that he has a lot of good scenes here, although I will say his character changes a little between the first and the second movie. In this one, he's much more of a villain. Oh, yeah, total, it, total but, villain. But it does, it does make the story better because you will cheer against him. But he's a little less nuanced in this one. But he's very angry at the start. This guy didn't deserve to make to the end. People think that he beat me. That's bull crap. You owe me a rematch, Stallion. But Rocky has promised his girlfriend, Adrian, that he's going to retire from boxing. And we find out here at the start he has uh, damage over his eye. That uh, Rocky took such a beating in the first movie, he's about to lose vision in his left eye. And so the doctors warn him after this fight, you can never fight again. You start, you get that bone caved in over your left eye, you will go blind. So there's a lot of stakes here for Rocky not to fight anymore. Exactly. Yeah, his his vision was a, a big concern uh, during yeah the whole movie. And I, I actually wonder if when they made the first one and, you know, the bell rings at the end... And the guy has the microphone right there, and he's like, Apollo says, ain't going to be a no rematch. Ain't going to be a no rematch. And uh, uh, Rocky goes, don't want one. Um, I kind of wonder if they really intended the first movie to stand on its own and never have a sequel. And it's only because it won Best Picture and was so popular that they figured, well, we have to make a sequel now. I think you're 100% right, because great movies weren't made in that era with the intention that they were going to be part of a franchise. Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be a standalone. That's the whole point of Rocky 1. He gets one shot and he proves himself, and he doesn't need to win. Winning is superficial to his story. So I totally buy that. And then Rocky 1 was so popular that you have Apollo saying, ain't going to be no rematch. And then two minutes into Rocky 2, he's like, I want a rematch. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they figured – yeah. And, and they show that you know, in the flashback. You know, The movie – each Rocky movie pretty much starts with the last – you know, two or three minutes or whatever of the previous film. And they show that part, you know, ain't going to be no rematch. Oh, don't want one. 
And then, yeah, right in the lobby in the wheelchairs, they're like, I'll fight you right now. Come on, come on, get up. I'll fight you anytime, any place, anywhere. You it's know? okay. It changes the mythology of one a little bit, but it's not, not too bad because other sequels ruin the original much more. So I can, I can nitpick that one small character change because that's about the only flaw I see in this movie from a storytelling perspective. Exactly, exactly. All right, so Rocky is recovers from his injuries in the hospital, even though his left eye is severely damaged. He's going to probably never fight again. And he comes out of the hospital, and he's like a big celebrity now. And again, this is very realistic how it happened. He's immediately besieged by endorsements, and people want him to sign stuff and do his commercials. So Rocky is now a big star. So again, this is very realistic to how it would happen in real life. Uh, yeah, he's he's signing autographs. Uh, you know, there's a guy in a wheelchair that's like in a full body cast, and he's like signing his head, <laughs> like giving his autograph there. And then, you know, he's got the, uh, the 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 guy that's talking to him about all the endorsements, and you know, you gotta you gotta act on this quick. You know, we, we make a lot of money, and uh, that's where Rocky has one of my favorite lines when. Uh, he, he's kind of putting the guy off and doesn't really give him an answer. And the guy's like, well, you know, can I call you? Can I call you? And we can talk business. And he's like, no, 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 I'll call you. I'll call you. you know, I'll just call you. I'll just be like, hey, yo, hey. <laughs> Such a rock thing to be like, I don't even use telephones. I'll just, I'll call you, you know, hey, yo, dude, what's up? Rocky's very underrated with his one-liners. I've always loved his little quips. I wonder how much of that, because it's it's totally his movie, how much of that he actually put in the script and how much is him just, you know, ad-libbing, just, you know, going off the cuff, just coming up with little random uh, Rocky lines like, oh, there's the great, <laughs> the one where uh, they just got married and uh, the guy's talking to him about investing in uh, in condominiums and he's like, condominiums, I, I, I never use them. <laughs> My my wife is not as big a Rocky fan as I am, but even she loves Rocky's little quips, and she especially loves the one in Rocky 1, going back to that one, where he's beating up the sides of beef in the meat locker, and for some reason he just stops and pokes one of the cows and says, moo. Like, <laughs> it's such a weird little one-liner, and she always quotes that. We could be in the meat, the store, and she's walking by the ribs, the beef ribs, and she'll just poke and say, moo. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Love it. Yeah, that so that's the premise of this movie that you only get 15 minutes of fame after you get your big break and Rocky better, you know, capitalize on this, do commercials, start signing endorsements because everyone knows this is all he's ever going to get in his life. And that's what's kind of the tragic about this movie is Rocky thinks he's going to make lots of things out of this, make lots of things happen out of this, but it's not going to. Everything's going to go very poorly. And that's really the next hour of the movie, which is very rare for a Rocky movie. It's just this guy, sudden ascension into stardom and very, very slow downfall into being a loser again. Yeah, but he's he's always has Adrian by his side. You know, that's his... That's his. That's his rock. That's his safe place. And he. Oh, he does have the best movie proposal line. My favorite movie proposal line ever is when he says, "I was wondering if you wouldn't mind marrying me very much." <laughs> I'm like, that's such a rocky way to put that. <laughs> you know? Okay, let's talk about this wedding or this marriage scene because I, there's something I have to say about this. I've been dying to talk about this. So. 
right after he gets out of the hospital, Rocky's first goal is he's retired from boxing. He got $37,000 for fighting Apollo. That's how he's got their nest egg. And he immediately wants to marry Adrian, his girlfriend. So they go to the zoo. I don't know why the zoo is open in the middle of the winter with the tigers in the snow, but it is. And then he drops down to one knee and gives her the, I wondering if you wouldn't mind marrying me so much or very much. Oh, he, he's not even on one knee. He just like, he whispers it and she's got the earmuffs on and she's like, what? And he pulls the ear because she didn't even hear him. You know, so she, he like pulls the earmuff back. I, I wondered if you wouldn't mind marrying me very much. Did you catch the unintentional comedy in where they are when they get married? This is kind of a flashback to the first movie. It's very, very uh, oblique here. No, I, I... I will make you appreciate this scene. So in Rocky one, Rocky works for this uh, loan shark named Gazo, and Gazo has a limo driver, and the limo driver is forever making fun of Adrian because he keeps saying she's retarded. Oh, that's right. Yes. And he says, hey, that girl you're dating, she's retarded. Take her to the zoo. Retards like the zoo. I totally forgot that. But, yes, I remember that line where now. Does, yeah, where does Rocky take Adrian to get married? The zoo. <laughs> In front of the tigers, you know? So, not, I mean, not to besmirch the fine name of Adrian, who is not special needs. She is just shy. But he does indeed take her to the zoo <laughs> to get married. That is hilarious. I had totally forgotten how that does tie in. That is awesome. <laughs> I, when, I can never watch that scene and not laugh because of that. Like, I, Was that an intentional joke? Oh gosh, I would I would think that has to be intentional. It's too it's too funny to not be, you know? So yeah, Rocky asked this painfully shy girl Adrian to get married and she says yes and we get a big montage of them getting married and Gazo comes and says, hey, want to invest in condominiums? Again, everybody is throwing money at Rocky trying to get him to endorse because they know this guy is going to blow through that money so fast. But again, Rocky doesn't realize that. He thinks 37000 will last them forever. <laughs> Even in the 70s, that was a foolish, foolish notion. So what are some things that Rocky blows his money on immediately? Uh, what did he spend it on? He gets uh, a new car, right? Right, yeah. He buys Adrian a new coat, and he buys himself a coat with a tiger on the back. Yeah, and that, that was about it, wasn't it? Well, there's some watches. He buys a bunch of watches for everybody, all his friends. Yeah, yeah, that, but he in that movie, he was not a big spender at all. He didn't, you know, have the lavish lifestyle until, like, you know, Rocky Three rolls around. Yeah, although he does carry Adrian back to his house. So <laughs> after they get married, he picks her up and carries her back to his flat, which is in the worst possible neighborhood in Philadelphia. Now, Brett, do you know Philadelphia? Have you been there before? Uh, I have not. I don't I don't know Philly. Okay. They have tours where you can go and visit all the Rocky locations. And everybody goes to the stair, the steps. You want to go up to the museum and run up the steps. They advise people, do not go to Rocky's house. You are not welcome there if you're a tourist. You will be murdered. Oh, wow. Bad, bad part of town. Yeah, it's a horrible area. So th the fact that Rocky carries Adrian back to his house, she immediately has downgraded her living situation. Wow. Oh, and he's carrying her. He has that other great line. Yeah, I, I, I never knew you were so light. If I did, I would have carried you everywhere. It is sweet. They have a very sweet relationship. And again, at least an hour of this movie is just their relationship, which is why I know some people think it's more of a romance than an action movie. But again, it's very character-driven, and I appreciate that Stallone did that with this one. 
I think it's a good balance because, you know, you have the guys enjoy the, you know, the, the, the fight, you know, the underdog versus the, you know, the villain boxer and yeah, the, the fight aspect of it. And the women love the, you know, the romance, the relationship, the character part of it. So I think that's another reason that the series was so popular is that it does have a little bit for everybody, you know? Yeah. And again, it's written like a real movie, not a quick cash in sequel, basically. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So Rocky and Adrian, a lot of romance here where, where Adrian says, I hope you never get tired of me. And Rocky's like, Oh no, you ain't never getting rid of me. And she's like, I hope nothing changes. And again, everything will change, but it's, it's against Adrian's wishes. She just wants to settle down and be normal, but it's, it's not going to happen. They do use that line as a callback reference in uh, towards the beginning of Rocky Four. Uh, he says, "Do you, you remember when I when I told you you ain't never getting rid of me?" Yeah, they uh, they reference that line again. It's a great line there in in two. You, you ain't never getting rid of me. Now, are you an Adrian fan? I have to ask you a personal question here. Some people love her. Some people hate her. It kind of depends. I I I I, do, I like the character, especially in one and two. She she changes a bit once the series kind of changes into, you know, an action, an action movie franchise. You know, she's also living the lavish lifestyle in, in three and her personality changes. She's not shy anymore, like at all, pretty much after two. But but yeah, one, one and two, I, I'm I am pro Adrian. Okay, yeah, and I agree with you. I, I really think she's good in this, and she grounds Rocky, and she brings a lot of realism to the role. And I think 2 is the movie I like her the most. Yeah. In 1, she's too painfully shy. It's almost awkward to watch her. But in 2, I could see why Rocky would fall in love with her. But then I think uh, Bill Simmons has pointed out, starting in Rocky 3 and 4, she just becomes the wet blanket girlfriend who just tells him no all the time. She's like the, the SNL character, you know, the, the boxing girlfriend <laughs> from every boxing movie. You know, I'm go- I'll be at my sister's, you know, Tony, Tony's fighting again this weekend. Uh, I'm taking the kids to my sister's. That's a great poll. I hope people go and Google that character if you've never seen that before. That's amazing. Oh, it's a, it's a great <laughs> SNL bit. Yeah, I wish they would do that one again. <laughs> yeah, Heidi Gardner. She plays a character named every girlfriend in every boxing movie ever. Okay, so, uh, oh, oh well, the reason I brought that up is I have another co-host named Leanne Lindsley. She uh, was my co-host for Grizzly Man and... Uh, uh, Mr. Mom, she hates Adrian with such a fiery passion that I cannot even talk about Rocky without her saying how much she hates that effing B Adrian. <laughs> so, wow! You, even in Rocky one and two, she really hates her. I'm not entirely sure. I think she was really rooting for Adrian to die in this one, though. I really do. And this is a shout out to Leanne because I know she's hoping I mentioned that. I could see, I could see how starting in three, that that uh, yeah, you would not be nearly as enamored with the character, but. For me personally, I have a hard time imagining hating the the character that was so shy in, in one and two. Well, I think in her defense, she also grew up having a huge crush on Sylvester Stallone. So she was very upset that this Talia Shire person moved in on her turf. <laughs> All right. So Rocky and Adrian have a new life and a new car and they buy a house, which I think eats up almost all of their money instantly. It's this big two-story house. They plan to have kids. And Adrian is the smart one. She knows they shouldn't be doing this. But Rocky's so caught up in this. He's like, I'm going to do commercials. I'm going to be a spokesperson. I got this whole future. I'm going to get a desk job. So Rocky really wins her over. But she knows this is maybe not the most prudent financial move. But at this point, Rocky can still charm her. 
Exactly. Yeah, they're uh, they're like checking out the the place and uh, what is it? He sees the numbers on the outside and he's like, those numbers almost add up to nine. You know, that's a that's a good omen. You know. <laughs> and then slight trivia: the numbers exactly add up to nine. <laughs> But it says they add up to, they almost add up to nine. That is one of those good Rocky one-liners. I forgot about that one. It's just, it's just, he has diarrhea of the mouth. He can't shut up. He just has to talk anytime he's just looking at something. He has, he has literally no internal monologue. Basically, whatever thought goes into his head, he's going to say it. Yeah. So Rocky and Adrian get married, move into their new house. He's a big shot now. And this movie is really a tale of two lives that are going to, go in different directions that Rocky is going up, up, up after he's a celebrity now. But now we go to Apollo Creed, which I think is probably the more interesting of the two storylines here where Apollo is tormented. He cannot believe that people think Rocky should have won this fight. And he's like, what, getting hate mail and stuff. Yeah. He's getting hate mail. Uh, you know, that saying things like how, how much did you get paid to carry that bum? You know, anybody that knows boxing knows the, the fight was fixed and everything. Yeah, just making a, a, a mockery out of it when he knows that, though he, though he did not take it seriously in most of the first round until, you know, Rocky literally knocks him down. The very first, he hits him with a uppercut that knocks him down. And that, from that point on, Apollo took the fight very seriously. But, but yeah, he's getting the hate mail, and then his wife is saying, you know, can't you just— you know, forget it. Spend time with your kids. And he's like, are you serious? You know, that's all he's getting is, is hate mail saying that the fight was fake and that, you know, he got paid to, you know, carry carry that bum. Yeah. And there's a, a subplot here that I kind of forgot that it's not just that people think the first fight was fake. It's that he's now being called a disgrace to his people. Yeah, I don't know if people remember in the first one that that's a big deal, that Apollo is very cognizant of race and, like, uh, expectations and things like that. And that was the whole point of the first movie, a black man fighting a white man in the white man's hometown and an Italian man of all. So he's very cognizant of race. And now he's getting hate mail from black people as well, saying, you're a disgrace to our people. And that's the thing with Apollo. He's a very deep character. I really like the... Uh, three-dimensionalness that Carl Weathers brings to this role. But yeah, he is getting, he's being told to kill himself. You embarrass black people. And he cannot handle this at this point. This is not what Apollo wants. So his whole mission from here on out is to prove that he really is so much better than Rocky. And he has to basically embarrass Rocky into a rematch. Yeah, that's that's pretty much... That's around the time when, uh, when Apollo Creed starts becoming the villain of the film. He actually... I was surprised on this rewatch uh, that... He doesn't have that many scenes in the movie beyond, you know, the big boxing rematch at the end. He, he doesn't have that many that many scenes. And that's yeah, the scene with the with the wife where he's getting the hate mail. That's kind of the first scene where you see his point of view of of what the fight was and what people think it is. And that he realizes, you know, to, you know, uh, win his honor back and everything. You know, he's got to he's got to get Rocky back in the ring. It's 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 not shown. And that's the thing. So much of this movie is Rocky and Adrian. They really cut back on Apollo. But you get the sense he's been putting pressure on Rocky to do a rematch. But you don't actually see it. It's maybe one of the other minor nitpicks in this movie. You get the sense Apollo's really pushing for this hard, but you never see any of the evidence of it until later. 
Yeah, until he's like on TV kind of calling him out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so here we go. So Rocky's about to have his huge downfall in that uh, first we see the good things in his life. He's out playing stickball in the, in the neighborhood with all the kids. Adrian gets pregnant. They are going to have a little boy or a girl, and she says, if it's a boy, I want to name him after you. I want it to be like you. And he even says, he's like, I'm gonna, I want to raise my kid to be a good person. And she's like, uh, he's and she's like, like you, Rocky, right? He's like, no, not like me, better than me, a good person. So he's going to try very hard now that he's rich and they're going to be middle class. But again, it's all going to come crashing to a halt at his first commercial shoot. Yes, yes. <laughs> now, Brett, I know you have acted in commercials, so explain this scene to people and how realistic is it? It's it's not that realistic. Uh, well, I mean, it's also very dated. You know, this was late 70s. Um, but, yeah, you have the quintessential angry commercial director that, you know, places where is where the wardrobe people, uh, where the prop people, you know, and it's not really like that. It's 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 very overdone. But but for for what this movie is, it, you know, it, it makes a point. So uh, but yeah, so he does the. Uh, what is it? The jungle thing first? He's got the big club and the... That would be Beast Aftershave. Yes, Beast Aftershave, yes. <laughs> With the greatest line. I know it's... All right, we'll get to this in a second. So Rocky is required to sell this aftershave called Beast Aftershave, and he's supposed to read off the cue cards. But we run into a problem very quickly that Rocky cannot read, apparently. Yeah, he... Well, he, he cannot read very well, for sure. Uh, which I don't think, I don't remember if that ever even came up at all in the first one, but it does become a, a, a pretty big plot point here, here in the second one. So yeah, he, uh, you know, he didn't have to memorize lines or, or anything. They basically have, you know, the cue cards are, you know, giant poster board with big block letters and marker with all his lines. And he just has to stand there and read them off and he can't really make it beyond about five or six words before he messes up. He's supposed to say, in the morning, I splash it on, and it makes me smell manly. Now, that is not what he says, and I will preface this by saying, I'll let you give, I'll give you the honor. But this quote that Rocky says, if you look at my Facebook profile, this is my profile quote. Rocky mispronouncing this. I was hoping you would mention that, and I don't even remember when I noticed that. It probably was several months ago that I noticed that you have that line, and oh, it created a, a, uh, uh, quite a laugh <laughs> from me. When I, I'm like, oh, that is so random. And so many people probably have either never seen that or they don't get it because they don't know what that line is. And for somebody like me, that's like just hilarious. Yeah. So he, he messes it up. He basically says, in the morning, I splash it on and it makes me smeal mainly. <laughs> it makes him smeal mainly. Smeal mainly. Yes. <laughs> The director is horrified that a trained actor would not be able to read the word smell manly. He's like, smell manly? And so he starts berating Rocky, and Rocky starts feeling bad because if Rocky blows like four hours worth of takes, he cannot get this one little speech correct. Yeah, they keep, you know, you see the slate, you know, that keeps showing how many takes they've done. And obviously the, the director at first is a little more understanding. Okay, just do it again. Just do it again. And then you can tell that they've gone through, you know, who knows, 14, 15, 16 takes. He messes up other things. I, I, I know there's a bit where, uh, uh, you know, he's like uh, something about a rat. He's like, wait, a uh, rat, cat. Oh, they kind of look alike. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
And then uh, something about a rendezvous, and he's like, uh, rendezvous. Suffice it to say, Rocky is not meant to be reading, doing commercials on TV. And the director figures this out, and they start laughing at him. And poor Rocky is trying his best, and he even says, you guys, you guys are being rude to me. I'm trying my best, and you guys are being rude. And Adrian's there, too, and she's like, that's right, he's trying his hardest. And they basically fire him on the spot and say, you'll never work in commercials. Get out of here. You're a waste of my time, Rocky. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can't read. Get out of here. And Oh, and they called it the uh, – I think the first thing that set Rocky off is – the, the director's like, just read it off the dummy cards. And Rocky thinks that they're like making fun of him, you know, dummy cards. He's like, wait, what did you say? No, I'm trying very hard. And, you know, I'm not going to do this in front of my wife. In any of your acting gigs, have you ever heard them called dummy cards? No. Well, because, I mean, that's I've never been on a shoot that has cue cards. Uh, I mean, you're always coming in memorized unless you have pages and pages and pages of if it's like a training video shoot. Then you're working with a teleprompter. You don't have actually, you know, cards to the side. You're looking into the camera and it's scrolling the text. You know, if you have four pages of uh, really technical things, everybody knows it would take days and days and days to memorize. So it's like, ah, put it on a teleprompter. Maybe if Rocky had that, if they had a teleprompter back in 1979, maybe he would he would still be doing commercials. And he might not smeal mainly. Wait, you think a teleprompter would be easier than the cue card? Well, I don't know. I got to think it is Rocky, so maybe that wouldn't have helped. Maybe maybe with the words scrolling and moving up, it would have been harder for him to read. So. Moving words, that's a whole new challenge. You're adding third dimension. Yeah, those wo- hey, Adrian, those words aren't staying still for me. I like to read those still words off the page. Also, where's your hat? Yeah, where's your hat? <laughs> okay, so, so Rocky gets fired, and all his dreams of being a commercial spokesperson go down the drain because he can't read. And so we get these shots of him reading with Adrian, and she's like tutoring him and he's trying his best because this is a skill he's never picked up before and uh <laughs> she goes you read nice and he's like thank you you lie nice you lie nice that is one of the cutest little rocky adrian moments and i had forgotten that bit until you know watching this recently i totally forgotten that scene i mean i, I remember all the you know, all the scenes that everybody remembers from the Rocky movies, but that little bit where they're just lying in bed and he's just reading and reading. And then he's like, oh, you, you want to hear some more? And she just goes, I can't wait. <laughs> it's the <laughs> cutest thing, you know, Like she's really enamored with hearing him trying to learn to read better. And yeah, the whole you read nice, you lie nice is just it's it's just the perfect rocky adrian moment <laughs> it feels like an ad lib too because she kind of giggles at the end it probably was it really it, it's it's just it yeah it does not seem scripted if it is if it was scripted they did a great job of making it seem like it just was a spur of the moment thing yeah great great scene okay so rocky's downfall has started now and he goes to a temp agency and he's looking for a job because he doesn't want to fight he's promised adrian he knows he could go blind he just wants a cushy desk job where he sits there and files papers and works on a computer but as much as chagrin he finds out a he can't read b he has no uh resume or skills and uh the third factor is that there are way there's way too much competition for this type of job and he's never going to get it so they're like hey why don't you do manual labor or something menial you'd be perfect for that and rocky that's not what he wants to hear and i think somewhere in there he mentions that he only has up through like ninth grade 
education, I think, something to that effect. Yeah, so this is, again, poor Rocky. He was a celebrity two weeks ago, and now he has to go to the meat plant in the first movie where he used to go and beat up the beef because Polly worked there, and now he has to get a temp job there, like a part-time job as a meat packer. And this is actually not the lowest Rocky's going to fall, but he's going downhill quickly because nobody will hire him. Yeah, he uh, his 15 minutes of fame pretty much lasted about 15 minutes of the movie, I think. Yeah, and again, that is what would happen. These people that have no money, they get a huge windfall of money and become famous. They tend to blow it real fast. And they don't budget because he'd never – I mean, this, this is exactly what would happen, which is why I appreciate that they went this direction with the story. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that uh, that the second one he was not living the the the, the fame and, and the riches you know like he did in, in the third one. He's still very much just a down on his luck everyman. That's still you know very very relatable. Yeah, and I've always said that poor Rocky is more interesting than rich Rocky. That's kind of the the, the flaw in the later movies that he's rich now and he lives in a mansion, so his story isn't quite as compelling anymore. Yeah, it's it's hard to relate to the guy that's living in the in the mansion and you know driving around the little car, reading to his 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 kid and flying to yeah, and having the having the. Uh, uh, the little ceremony, like in the third one, where literally they have a band there that's playing the theme song of Rocky. It was so <laughs> meta. They're like playing the Rocky theme song in the, in the third one. It's it's hilarious to me. But yeah, he's way less relatable in in three and four because he's a he's a multi millionaire boxing champ. Even more so, he's like a superhero. Like you look at Sylvester Stallone in three and four, and nobody has ever been more ripped than Sylvester Stallone in those two movies. He looks like a Greek god. In this one, he's just still kind of doughy looking. He's like a normal guy. Yeah, he's he was just kind of. I mean, he's muscular, but but more of a heavy set guy. He was not. Yeah, he didn't have the abs. You know, like he did in, in the other movies, for sure. Okay, and I think you said that he has come back down to Earth. He's right back at the same place he was in Rocky 1. But, like, I'd, I'd make the argument he's actually lower here in Rocky 2 because he has had the taste of middle-class life, of the good life, and he never had that before. So it's, like, even worse for him now that he thought that he could give a kid, his kid a good life, his wife a good life, but he's never going to have that. And now it's almost worse because now he's back to where he was before, but he now he knows what he's missing, and it's tormenting him. Exactly. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Yeah, even lower than the first. I, I like that uh, that comparison. And it culminates in the lowest two moments of his life, where he has to he bought this new Trans Am. He has to go sell it to his brother-in-law, Polly. And Polly's like, "Do you need money, Rocky? Like, are you a celebrity? You begging me for money? I'm a bum. You're asking me for money." And then later, Rocky is going to go and work as a bucket man in the gym, where up-and-coming boxers will spit into his bucket. Yeah, he's uh, that, that's such a, a a weird transition from having been, you know, right at, at the cusp of being right at the top. And then now you're just slinging around buckets of spit in, in your old gym. Yeah, it's terrible. And that's the thing. If you if you buy into the story, I always buy into the story. I love the way these stories are written. This Rocky two is manipulative as all hell. It's so shameless and how it's going to manipulate you by the end. But I buy into it, so I really enjoy it. But I can see why people may not really... I don't need to see Rocky fall that low to have his comeback. But I think it works very well, but I can see why people might think it's a little over the top in this one. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. And, and I guess that's probably one of the reasons that it's one of the more forgotten films in the franchise. Because 
everybody that came into it, you know, maybe in like three and four, maybe that was like the first ones they saw or whatever. They think, you know, that Rocky is really a boxing movie. It's an action movie. And then maybe they see one or two or whatever. And they're like, well, this is like, you know, why are you giving me this, these character <laughs> moments and this heartfelt drama? Come on, bring, bring in Mr. T. Come on. What's going on? Yeah, this is very much a slice of life movie, which Mr. T has no business being in. <laughs> and again, I love Mr. T, but he does not belong in Rocky Two. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, that's another thing I'm, I'm glad about is that they did not transition to a new opponent for some reason. That it's just it's literally you know part two of the first story. They stick with Apollo. That's the only thing that would have made sense. Yeah, and again, that probably contributes to why I get these two mixed up all the time. Yep, exactly. <laughs> okay, so Rocky has no avenues left in life. He has no money. He has no prospects. He has a wife and a kid now that he never had in the first movie. His kid's on the way. His wife's pregnant. So he starts training in his basement to box again. And Adrian comes down and says, what are you doing? He's like, well, I got laid off from the meat plant. And she's like, but you promised me, Rocky. And she's like, you know, you could go blind. The doctors say they recommended you don't fight. And what is his line? He's like, uh. He, he says, uh, oh, they recommended I don't fight. I recommend that I do. I mean, it's a good point. That's a Any of you kids out there in high school debate, that's an answer that will always get points. <laughs> they recommend I don't. I recommend I do. <laughs> so Adrian is horrified that her husband is going to take the chance on going blind because, again, one bad shot to the eye is whole orbital bone could cave in and so she says i could go get a part-time job i used to work in a pet store and he's like no i'm supposed to support you but she goes back to work and again they're in a really bad spot here oh and he has the what's the line i don't want you working in no pet shop you might catch some pet shop disease or something <laughs> Andrew's like there's no such thing as a pet shop disease apparently they did not have coronavirus back in 1979 yeah <laughs> Yes, thankfully, there is, there is no, 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 Corona. I don't want you looking after those bats. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, hey, uh, whatever you do, just don't eat a bat. No, 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 the doctor recommended I don't eat the bat. I recommend that I do. Like, no, you've started the virus. Hey, Adrian, where's your bat? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's the callback I was waiting for. Oh, my gosh. That's brilliant. I love it. <laughs> okay, so Rocky wants to become a boxer again, so he goes back to see Mickey, his trainer from the first movie. And again, we're a good hour into the movie, and there's been no boxing whatsoever. And no Mickey. Mickey is, like, barely in the first several minutes of the movie, and then he's done until this scene. Yeah, he's up in his room just watching TV for the next hour of the movie. <laughs> Yeah, so Rocky goes back to the gym, and Mickey's all happy to see him. Hey, the prodigal son returns! And Mickey has a hearing aid now, and and what this this is a very sad conversation. This is one of the scenes that always stands out to me because I really love the way it's written. I give full props to Stallone for writing it. Kind of walk people through this one where Rocky wants to get back into boxing, and Mickey shuts him down really quick. Yeah, he uh, well first he does the yeah he points out the hearing aid you know he's like hey Mick you what you got what does that do and he's like well I uh, I, I hear stupid things better with this thing here but yeah he says you know uh, I want to want to have a rematch with Apollo and Mickey his first reaction he's like what you 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 want to go blind 
what are you saying? And anyway, so, uh, you know, Rocky just keeps saying that, yeah, he could, he can fight him or whatever. And they have that great bit where, uh, where Mickey is like, okay, I, I, I want, I want to test you here. I want to test you. And so he takes his finger, uh, like on his good eye coming around to the side of his good eye. And he's like, you know, moving his, uh, his finger around, you know, like it's a, like a hook uh, punch. And he's like, I want you to tell me when you see my finger. And so with his good eye, he catches it in his peripheral vision pretty quickly. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I see it. I see it. You know, Mickey's like, yeah, that's good. That's good. He's like, well, now let me try the other eye. This is the eye that, you know, the doctors are worried about. Adrian's worried about. Everybody's worried about his bad eye. He's like, let me try it with the other side. And, you know, he his finger gets pretty close to his face. And then Rocky says, I see it. You know, which he might have seen it. He might not have. He might have just been thinking, well, I better say that I see it right now. So Mickey thinks I see it. But Mickey calls his bluff. He's like, no, 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 no. You see nothing. You see nothing. And he and he basically tells him, you know, what, what do you think that the, the, the champ would, would do to you? And, you know, Rocky's like, oh, no, no, I know what it is. First, Mickey says, I, you know, I don't think you got it anymore, Rock. You don't got it anymore because of the eye. And Rocky's like, well, you know what, Mick? I think, you know, maybe it's you that ain't got it no more. And Mickey's like, yeah, yeah, good point. That's a very good point. And straight up out of nowhere, Mickey just slaps him in the face, Mm -hmm. you know, to prove, (laughs) first of all, I still got it. Second of all, you didn't see that coming. And he tells Rocky, he's like, Rock, Rock, you did not even see that coming, did you? He's like, what do you, what do you think, what do you think that would be if that was the champ? You know, he's like, you know, that came from me, just a, Broken down old man. What do you think the champ would do to you? And Rocky's like, I think he'd, uh, he'd probably, you know, hurt me bad. And then Mickey goes, No, he'd hurt your poignant. Poignant, Rock. He'd hurt your poignant. It's a great scene. Great, one of the best scenes of the movie. And uh, Mickey even reiterates, he's like, Every boxer thinks he's got one great fight left. You don't. <laughs> And so Mickey's trying to protect this guy. The champ is going to murder you. You can't see out of your right eye. I believe it's right eye because he's a lefty. Yeah, I, th- I think it was the right eye, yep. And so Rocky says, well, if you won't train me, how about I just work in your gym? And Mickey's like, why? You're, you're royalty. You don't want these boxers to see you, you know, slopping around spit buckets and picking up their towels. And Rocky's like, I need the money, Paul, or Mickey. That's all I got. And so it's like a very, very sad scene. This is the lowest Rocky will ever get at any point in the movie's including right after Apollo dies, spoiler, in part four. But this is really Rocky's <laughs> lowest moment where he has to beg Mickey for a spit bucket job. Yeah, and he, he tells Mickey, I, I got to be around it, I think is the way he, he words it at the end. And it's a, it's a great acting bit from, from Stallone. You can tell he's, you know, the character is pretty choked up when, you know, he swallows his pride and just says, you know, can I have that job just can around the buckets and everything and, and Mickey agrees and and Stallone just has this bit he, he just barely gets out the phrase you know thanks a lot Mick and you can tell it's like he's got a big lump in his throat you know because he knows how much pride he had to swallow to even ask for that and for Mickey to agree you know to let him yeah it, it is really the lowest moment of the film yep and here we go here comes the big turning point in the movie where Rocky is not going to box. Mickey won't let him box. Adrian doesn't want him to box. He doesn't really have it in him. But now he's going to get goaded into this fight because now we go back to this being the Apollo Creed story. And this is a scene that I like where Creed's advisors are telling him, you do not want to fight Rocky again, but Apollo will not listen to them. 
Oh yeah, he his pride. Yeah, Apollo. He, he's one of those characters. He's well, again, well, since you said spoiler alert and four, you know, he he died because mm-hmm. of his pride, you know. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's trying to figure out how to get Rocky back in the ring. They keep telling him no. Let's move on. You know, some fresh meat and whatever. And he's got his uh, his trainer manager there that says, "Oh, it's one of the." best lines of the of the movie that I don't think a lot of people remember because it's not uh well, that character wasn't very big in that film but you know he becomes Rocky's trainer later um but he says to Apollo he's like I saw you beat that man like I never saw no man get beat before but the man kept coming after you we don't need that kind of man <laughs> Yeah, that's a great line. I love that. I have that circled on my notes, too. Yeah, it's a perfect line. It's a perfect line. And and Apollo, you know, he, he kind of says something like, uh, do, do you do you think I do you think I won or do you think I beat him or whatever? And and the, the trainer doesn't really give an answer, which kind of answers the question. He's like, you won on points. Yeah. Apollo's like, I, man, I won, but I didn't beat him. That's what it is. He wants to. He wants Apollo wants there to be no question in anybody's mind. He wants to prove that the first time around that he just got lucky. You know, anybody, anybody can just, you know, a lucky punch. A puncher can beat a boxer if they just get lucky and hit the guy on the chin just right. Yeah, anybody can get lucky. He wants to prove that that's all it was. He got lucky the first time around. He wants there to be no question in anybody's mind that he is the undisputed champ and he cannot let it go and the trainer keeps telling him you know i know what you're feeling let it go let it go you know you're the you're the champ you know what i can buy this i can buy that apollo would feel this way because i could see in real life that happening exactly exactly because he even says he says his my kids are getting teased in school it's it's unrelenting i have to do something that's all anybody ever talks about is they pick on me and my kids and say that rocky beat me exactly and then he has his other little you know advisors his team that's sitting there listening and one of them says something like do you realize if you go this route of like you know really antagonizing him publicly to get him in the ring you realize that you're setting yourself up to be the bad guy and he's like, I don't care, man. Whatever gets him in the ring. So he's fully prepared to embrace the role of of the villain in this, uh, you know, rematch saga. Yeah, that's that's one thing I think people forget between the first and second movie. In the first one, Apollo is this huge hero. In the second one, he's not. Now Rocky's the hero. They've really flipped roles. Like nobody's really cheering for Rocky until the end of the first movie. And so in this one, they're cheering for Rocky like a hundred percent at all times. Yeah, because Apollo really does a heel turn here. And again, I'm not entirely sure if he would go this far with it. But in the movie, he's like, you know, embarrass Rocky, humiliate him, shame him into fighting me again. And his advisors are saying, he's all wrong for us, baby. That's the other line. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's right. Yeah, he's like, he's all wrong for us, baby. Get some fresh meat. But yeah, that is why. Rocky too, I think is so effective because Apollo does this massive heel turn and he's going to start shaming Rocky and he's going to challenge his pride. And from here on out, what Apollo's like putting out ads in the newspaper, calling him the Italian chicken or the stallion chicken. Yeah. Apollo Creed versus the stallion chicken <laughs> Yeah, is a little, uh, like a caricature type piece of artwork in the paper or whatever. Now, why did he pick the stallion chicken over the Italian chicken? I don't know. I, I kind of think it would have worked better the other way. Italian chicken. Once again, his advisors have let him down. 
Yeah, yeah, he needed uh, he needed better writers. And so uh, that's Apollo starts putting out ads in the newspaper. He's on the uh, news saying, where's your heart, Rocky? Come on, I gave you a chance. Give me my chance back to regain my pride. Give me my rematch. And you're a coward. You're heartless. You're gutless. And Rocky, who is now working in the gym, is now being mocked by all these, like, 18, 19-year-old fighters because he's gutless. And it's, like, it's almost kind of painful to watch Rocky just get mocked by these underlings here. Yeah, yeah, he's, uh, you know, carrying around their spit or whatever, and he – Somebody bumps into him, and it's like for a second you think, you know, he might drop the bucket or whatever, and he just goes, oops. And some of the fighters are like, oh, big tough guy like you, that's all you can say, oops. And, yeah, so he's he's getting uh, he's getting teased by everybody at the at the gym and, you know, not feeling like the big tough guy that uh, that he he wants to be. Uh, it's just that blasted eye that's holding him back. And the fact that Mickey will not train him. Rocky has a couple obstacles, but they will all go away very quickly here. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. If uh, if the eye. Yeah, they needed they needed that, you know, plot device, because otherwise, if there wasn't the eye issue, Mickey would be like, yeah, let's you know, because Mickey was like, I thought you won the first fight. Let's just prove it. You know. So, yeah, he he needed it had to be some obstacle towards uh, him getting back in the ring and getting Mickey to train him again. You know, he has everybody against him. Mickey, Adrian, his eye. Yeah. And I should point out, by the time Rocky three rolls around, his eye is perfectly fine. I was going to say, it is never mentioned. It is never mentioned after uh, after the end of the, the, the uh, Rocky two. Yeah, the eye never comes up again in any Rocky lore. <laughs> so again, one of the arguments, that two is still based in reality. We still try to have some continuity between movies, and we'll drop that soon. But anyway... Here we go. So Rocky is really, really the lowest point in his life. And even Gazo, the old loan shark, said, hey, come work for me again. And Rocky's like, I can't do that no more. I don't want to be a leg breaker. I got a kid. I got to be I got to be respectable. So Rocky's trying his best. But here it goes where Apollo starts taunting Rocky on the news on live sports channels. And he's getting really personal, saying he's a coward. You're gutless. Acting like he doesn't even know his name, you know, Rocky Balboa, if that's even your name or whatever. The Italian scallion. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing worse than calling somebody an onion. (laughs) God damn it, Pop Mickey, you call me an onion. (laughs) And I love it's uh, it's Brent Musburger that's doing the the news, the sports interview, whatever. All right, so Apollo is just going on the rampage now, just every news channel he can get trying to shame Rocky, and this is where Rocky gets mad. He's like, you know, Adrian, I can't take this. I'm a man. i got to fight this guy. You know, I'm from the streets. I'm a spider. I'm supposed to fight. And this is where Mickey, I think, at the same time sees Apollo saying all this crap on the news, and he gets mad, too. He's like, oh, that son of a <laughs> Yeah. So Mickey comes over to the house, and he bangs on the door. He's like, Rock, you know what we got to do. And from here on out, Rocky will start the training montage with, with Mickey, but it's very half-heartedly, which I really like here. It's, it's not quite the full training yet. Yeah, they, they, they held back a little bit because he... Yeah, you're not getting the typical training montage with the music yet. Mickey just shows up after seeing that, you know, the 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 news, the, the sports bit, you know, where they're like, uh, the only problem is where is Rocky Balboa? Where is the man? Will, will, will he show his face? Will he take the rematch? Whatever. Mickey shows up. I think we ought to knock his block off. Absolutely. And then... Uh, then I think they're going to like uh, the the press conference. Well, yeah. First, Rocky has to apologize to Adrian because Adrian is a hundred percent against this. 
And she's like, we don't need this, Rocky. He's like, I'm becoming a nobody again. I got to get back. I got to get back to where I was. And she's like, we'll get by. And he's like, I don't want to get by. I want you to have good things. I want the kid to have good things. And he says the quote, the quote here is, I never asked you to stop being a woman. Please don't stop me from being a man. Yeah, that's a great line. That, that line is in the trailer. I remember that part. And he just says he's going to go train with Mickey. He's going to box again. And she just lowers her head. And all he can say is, sorry. So he will never have Adrian's approval. And that's the problem here is that she will not. Or he, he cannot give it his full effort until he knows that she's behind it. And we will get that later. Okay, here's the press conference. Uh, yeah, the press conference. You have uh, Apollo doing the typical... You know, he, he's embracing the bad guy role again. He's very much like he was in uh, in Rocky Four when he's taking on the persona of being the bad guy in the press conference, you know, trying to be all, you know, bravado and and, and whatever. But in Rocky Two, you can tell he really means it because he's still embracing that whole idea of, you know, they're making fun of my kids at school. I'm getting the hate mail and all this. You know, I want everybody to see me drop this bum. You know, he's not even going to last five minutes with me or whatever. He's going on and on about how he's just going to absolutely dominate the fight and destroy Rocky. And then Rocky has some of the best quotes in that press conference because he's just he's not giving anybody what they want. You know, every every reporter, they just want the sound bites. They want those those good quotes so they can, you know, write their story, show it on the news, whatever. And so they get all the, the sound bites from uh, Apollo about how he's going to destroy him. And then they go to Rocky and they say something about how do you feel that you're fighting in the such and such arena? And he goes, well, I'm, I'm very happy about that. They're like, why? He goes, well, it's only about 10 minutes from my house. Rocky, do you have a chance against Apollo? I don't know. He looks pretty mad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he looks pretty mad to me. I don't know. <laughs> There's one line here that always makes me laugh where they say, Rocky, your paycheck for this is going to be very substantial. What do you plan to do with it? And he starts reeling off all the things he wants to buy. I want to get Adrian a coat. I want to get her some jewelry, some perfume. She likes to smell nice. And he's like, I want to buy some Muppets from my kids, some toys. And he starts asking Mickey, you know, like uh, the frog. What's the frog's name? As if Mickey would know Kermit the Frog. Oh, what's it? Ernie and Big Bird. What's that frog's name? Kermit? Was it Kermit? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> But I got, I got, yeah, I got to get Adrian a few quarts of perfume. She likes to smell mainly. <laughs> oh no, she smells mainly, not feminine lie. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's got, uh, oh, that other question they ask him. They're trying to get, yeah, a good quote from him, and they say, "Do you have anything derogatory to say about the champ?" And he goes, "Derogatory? Oh, okay, uh, yeah, he's 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 great." <laughs> <laughs> They so can't even give him a good quote, you know, uh, you know, uh, talking himself up like, you know, yeah, he's the champ, but I'll give him a good fight. He's like derogatory. I don't know. He's yeah, he's great. <laughs> yeah. Rocky really is just in it for the paycheck. He just needs that money. He needs to prove that he's a big star again. And he is in no way ready to fight Apollo. And Apollo is all over his butt in this press conference because Apollo's pissed. Apollo won't do any clowning shots. He's like, I'm going to drop this man like a bad habit in front of his own people in his own city. Yeah. <laughs> on, on Thanksgiving Day or whatever. Yeah. He looks pretty mad. <laughs> and so here we go rocky starting his training montage and again if you're used to rocky having these big heroic training montages this is not it because he's still kind of pathetic and mickey flat out says at the start 
you can't beat this guy. He's too good. And they watch the tape. And this is where Mickey gets the idea where he's like, well, you know, you're a left-handed boxer. I hate left-handed boxers. Everybody hates left-handers. We should make you fight right-handed for this one. At least that will confuse him. Yeah, yeah. He says, uh, they, they ought to outlaw southpaws. And Rocky's like, why didn't you tell me that before? And Mickey's like, I, I didn't want to hate your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> and his, his argument is that left-handers just lead with their face. So Rocky, like left-handers don't bl- block like the right-hander boxers do. So that's the problem with Rocky's eye. He took so many punches in the first movie. So Mickey's like, we'll just flip you around. You can protect the eye. It'll confuse him. So he's like, we'll confuse him. We'll surprise him. And we'll try to make you fast. That's Mickey's big uh, outcome in there, his big goal in this one. We're going to give you greasy, fast Italian speed. <laughs> You're going to eat lightning and crap thunder. <laughs> yes. And Brett, what is the first training method that he takes Rocky out into a field to do, which is a very old school boxing training method? Oh, God, you got to you got to chase chickens. You got to catch chickens. I mean, I don't I don't know. I don't I have no clue if actual boxers still do this to this day. I would really doubt it. I don't know. Maybe after Rocky two came out, maybe it became popular again. Who knows? I'm sure the chicken lobby may have had a problem with it. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, Mickey is telling him, uh, you know, you you catch this thing, you can catch Grease Lightning, you know. And he's wearing uh, oh, another great Mickey line. He's got that old sweaty uh, sweatshirt on, and 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 Mick's like, why why you wear that thing? He's like, oh, it, uh, you know, it, uh, it it brings me luck. And Mickey's like, you know what it brings? It brings flies. That's what it brings. <laughs> Yeah, so Rocky, this big, slow, doughy fighter, is out trying to catch chickens, which is apparently an old uh, boxing training method. He was in no way equipped to catch a chicken. Chickens are too fast. This apparently teaches a boxer speed, and they can pivot quickly, and they can keep their balance. But we will see Rocky later during the real training montage. He will catch a chicken, but not yet. Because the problem is Rocky is not fully invested in this training because we find out Adrian's given him a hard time at home. He's really torn between duty to support her and duty to be a boxer, be a man. And so Mickey gets on his case because Rocky's letting the domestic stuff into his training. And Mickey's like, you're going to get hurt. you got to pay it. you got to give this your full effort. And Rocky's just not doing it. Yeah, absolutely. The, the Adrian not signing off on it is totally holding him back. Uh, you you can tell he's yeah he's not he's not in it at all he's barely even trying with the chicken which I don't know you would think it wouldn't be that hard but apparently it's harder than you would think apparently those things move faster and change directions faster than you would think to where yeah you really got to be quick on your feet to be able to catch one of those <laughs> but, but Rocky you know he's, he says uh, I, I feel like a Kentucky Fried idiot. <laughs> Who knew that chickens were like Tron light cycles, that they could ch- change full speed on the fly to go different directions? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, so Mickey is really getting on Rocky's case. And we have alternating training sessions with Rocky kind of going through the motions and Apollo just beating the hell out of people in his training sessions. He's so angry to the point that he's going through sparring partners. He's hurting them and they have to bring in new sparring partners because Apollo is so angry. So Rocky is going to get hurt and Mickey even tells him he's like you know for a 45 minute fight Rocky you got to train 45,000 minutes you can't, you can't even go an hour without taking a break or thinking about Adrian how are you possibly going to do this and Rocky knows he's kind of screwed here and one of the best uh it, it's just a brilliant editing choice i love when they cut 
they don't do it the entire time when they're showing Apollo training, but there's a couple times when they cut to him and he's, you know, working on the on, on, on the heavy bag or whatever. And they add in the the sound of the crowd cheering and chanting like it's at the fight and he's hearing Apollo, Apollo. So, I mean, he is straight up. He is in game mode. He is focused. I mean, just laser focused on destroying this guy. He can already hear the crowd chanting his name while he's training. And then Rocky can Rocky can't even remember numbers. He's got one arm tied up to try to, you know, learn how to be a right handed fighter. And he's jabbing the, the thing and he's telling Mickey, what was I on seven or eight? What was I on? <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. I'd, I'd never caught that, the sound of the cheering when he's training. And once again, to reiterate, Sylvester Stallone directed this movie. So, like, it's all him. He's the one put this whole thing together. Yeah, yeah, it was a good, it was a good choice. It's subtle. It's, it's subtle. You, it's one of those things you probably don't really notice uh, unless you've seen it several times. And then you're like, oh, wow, they're, I can hear they're chanting Apollo in the, in, in the background when he's hitting the, the heavy bag. All right, and here we go into the last stretch of the movie, and this is where it becomes flat-out shameless manipulative melodrama, and I have nothing but love for it because it's so shameless and how they're going to do They're They're going to work you over like a heavy bag here. Yeah, if, if this next subplot was taken out of the movie, the movie's pretty much like an hour long, maybe, without this little subplot. Yeah, and again, it's over the top, but I love it just because there's a payoff for it. So Adrian's at the pet store, and she's working, and Rocky has warned her, I don't want you working, you're pregnant. And Polly, her brother, comes over and says, why are you giving Rocky a hard time? You know, you're you're making him divide his attention. You're killing him. You're going to get him hurt. And she's like, stop saying that. And they start arguing. And in the middle of this, she goes into premature labor because of all the stress and the carrying things at work. And... We're going to yada, yada, yada over the couple details here that she's going to rush to the hospital. She will give birth a month prematurely, but all this stress has caused her to hemorrhage and you'll, you know, start bleeding. And now she's in a coma and Adrian will be in a coma for the next 30 minutes of the movie. And Rocky is going to be devastated. Yeah, I, I mean, as if he's not at the, the lowest of the, the lows. Now his wife, you know, his one his one safe place is in a coma. He doesn't even want to see his newborn son. He's like, no, I got to see them together. He literally does not even meet his child until, and I don't know how long the actual time, if it was like days or weeks, uh, how long the coma is. They really don't delve into that other than you do get the sense that it was a, a substantially long time. Yeah. I would just guess probably about two weeks because yeah, because yeah. they have to have time to train later. But yeah, she's in a coma for uh, probably a couple of weeks. And the rest of the, I mean, the next half hour of the movie is Rocky just dutifully at her side. He won't train. He won't go out. He just sits by Adrian's side. He defies visiting hours. He like sits there and talks to her. And he reads to her. He practices reading a book, callback to earlier in the movie, and he apologizes. He's like, please come back. And he's crying. And Stallone does a lot of really good acting here, actually. He, Yeah, that's the thing that people don't necessarily – they associate Stallone with being an action movie hero guy. They don't really realize he's a very good actor, He, especially in the Rocky series. He has some really, really good scenes that prove – that uh, you know, he's not just a 
You're not just another bum from the neighborhood, as he says. <laughs> but yeah, the whole idea, if this movie is going to work for you, depends on if you buy into this subplot of Adrian being in a coma and Rocky just tearing his heart out. I mean, it's really heart-wrenching, him talking to her and like saying, you know, sleep as long as you want. I'll be here when you wake up. I won't see the baby until you're here with me. we got to see it together. And he's just in tears. And, you know, Mickey's stopping by and he's... Rocky like goes to the church every night and prays and Mickey like, yeah, you know, yes, if there's a chapel at the hospital yeah, and, yeah. and Mickey's warning him, like, we got to call off this fight. You are not in the right mental space to fight. And Rocky's like, Rocky can't give him an answer. Rocky doesn't know what he his His whole world is turned upside down because Adrian's going to die and he doesn't know what to do. So he's just wrecked. Yeah. And Mickey has that. Uh, it's a whole it's a perfect Burgess Meredith showcased scene where he. You know, he's standing up, you know, Rocky's just sitting there in the chapel and he's like, uh, you know, you went toe to toe with the champ. You know, you have a, a shot at the biggest title in the world. And in case you're not aware of that, all this happens pretty, pretty soon. And and you're, you're not ready, Rock. You're not ready. And then again, one of my favorite Mickey lines, he, he stops himself. He goes, now, I don't I don't want to get mad in uh in a biblical place like this. I, just, I love the way he phrases that, that he calls the chapel a biblical place. Don't lay down, Rock. He's going to kick your face in. He wants to bury you, humiliate you. He wants to prove that, that you is nothing but a, but, a, but a freak the first time around. Why don't you stand up and fight this guy hard like you've done before? That was beautiful. Yeah, it's a great scene. Yeah, and Rocky, again, just this whole movie has been an hour and a half of crapping on Rocky. Everything that could go wrong has. He's at his lowest moment, although we get a very poignant scene where he writes Adrian a poem. Yes. Like, remember when we was on ice skates? And I don't remember the rest, but it's not good at all. But it comes from his heart. It's so, I was just thinking about that when I was watching it recently. That poem is, it's one of those just really touching Rocky moments because, you know, you understand that the character is not a rocket scientist. He's, he's not, he doesn't have the brains at all, but he's, he's got the heart. And he writes this poem that, you know, from a poetry standpoint, it's probably not something anybody would really consider good, or they might think it was written by a by a second grader or a third grader or something. But it's it's from him and it's from his heart. And he says, uh, yeah, he's talking about the ice skates, and he says, here here's how he rhymed it. It's, it's like that was our first date, and after that, everything was great. <laughs> I mean, that's that's how the poem goes. It's it's really you know, childlike in, 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 in a sense. And then he has, it's so random how he puts this in, in the poem. Uh, he says, so no matter where you go, Atlantic city or in the snow, <laughs> the Atlantic city part is just so random. I love, I love that. I'm, I'm almost surprised that he didn't somehow work in the word zoo. You know, <laughs> I'm in love with you. And I want to take you to the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I I gain weight and get fat. I just want to know where's your hat. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, you're a good dame. You're very damely, and I just want to smell mainly. <laughs> take you out for dinner. We get a taco, and then some girl will say, "Screw you, creepo." <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's it's a great poem. It's it's just it's rocky at his at his most heartfelt. So you had some problems with his use of iambic pentameter? Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying if like if some like English majors or poetry geniuses got their hands on that, they'd probably be like yeah, are you telling me this was not written by a kindergartner? What? <laughs> Wait, you say you got through ninth grade? There's no way you got that far, Rocky. <laughs> oh, God. Right, so Rocky reads his heartfelt poem to Adrian, and it's very touching and very sweet. And again, there's been no heroic Rocky in this movie for a good hour and a half. He's just been beaten down. But soon after that poem, we get the sod of Adrian's eyes, her eyes finally kind of open. And again, we're about to get hit with one of the greatest knockout punches in movie history. You don't see this coming. And it's so amazing where uh, I'll set this up and then I'll give you the honor, Brett. Oh, yes. <laughs> All right. So Adrian wakes up and, you know, there's a joyful reunion. He's like, I knew you'd come back. And she's like, I wouldn't leave you, Rocky. And, and he's so overjoyed that he now, he can, you know, he can get back to his life. His wife is back and they bring the baby in and she gets to hold the baby. They see their baby. Rocky Jr. is his name for the first time. Although... By later in the movies, Rocky forgets his kid's name. He just calls him the kid. Yeah, you're right. He he was called the kid in probably three and four, and then in five he's like Robert. I think is what they call. Him. <laughs> Change his name. He's he's black, and his name is Jamal. By the fifth movie. <laughs> Jamal. Okay, so here we go. You do not see this coming. It's the greatest 180 degree turn in a movie where. Where Rocky's like, you know, I, I did everything for you, Adrian. I just love you. I'd do anything for you. And she's like, well, there's something you can do for me. And he's like, what's that, Adrian? And Brett, I will lead you into the greatest scene in movie history here. Oh, my gosh. Yes, it does come out of nowhere. Yeah, he's he, he, he says, you know, uh, if you don't want me mixing with Creed no more, we can figure out some other type of way. And then, yeah, she says, well, there's one thing I want you to do for me. And he says, what? And she says, come here, kind of like get in close so you can really hear like, what and comes in closer. What? And then she just says that one word. When cue the music ding and slides reaction. And she says it again. When ding, the music is starting. Cut to Mickey. What are we waiting for? Take this. And he like hands his hat to somebody. He's like, you know, literally, we need to start training right now is his idea. And leads you into the montage. And I don't know, there's probably film history buffs that would know way more about this. But I want to say that Rocky is probably what made the sports montage, training montage, a thing. I mean, it's like a staple of, of you know, sports movies, not just boxing or martial arts or whatever, you know, basketball movies, hockey, football, whatever. Um I, I don't know of any movie before Rocky that really featured uh, training montages as such a big element of the movie. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I just heard the other day someone said, oh, you're doing Rocky 2? Well, you can make the argument that Rocky 2 invented the modern sports movie. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I was just thinking uh, how uh, – oh, there's that South Park episode where – I think it was about like snow skiing or something, and they even parody it. They're like – well, so if you're going to get better, you know what you need? You need a montage. You need a sports montage. We'll show the passage of time, and you'll get a little better on every shot. <laughs> Whatever. Is that from, that's from Team America, I think. 
I, I want to say it was South Park is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, but that, that they've been oh, – okay, but those guys, Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Yeah, they've been – They've been riffing on, uh, yeah, Rocky for years. Rocky invented the montage, and Rocky 1 has a couple amazing montages. And you kind of think they might do it in Rocky 2, and they've been really good. Stallone, directing this movie, has been real cagey, never hitting you with that full music in the montage. And the minute Adrian says win, and that bell starts ding, the music starts. It's called Going the Distance. Like, oh my God, here we go. We're doing Rocky all over again now. There's one thing I want you to do for me. What? Come here. What? Win. Win. What are we waiting for? Take this! That's... Oh, it's the best. I mean, not just in the Rocky movies. It is one of my favorite movie moments of all time. Is that... That you know the 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 dialogue leading up to her saying when cueing the music starting that montage I just it chills every time even if I have seen it a billion times I still I still get chills. Oh yeah, I teared up today just watching. I know it's coming. I just have so many fond memories of being at Mariner Games when they play that highlight, seeing that clip replayed on like highlight specials of Rocky movies. Like I just love that moment, and it's all from here on out. Like maybe the greatest thirty minute stretch of any movie ever. <laughs> So we go right into the montage, and again, it's pure 100% the crowd cheering for Rocky now, because now Adrian's bought in on him training, and that was the one key. So now he's going to give it his all, and he's going to go give Creed the what for. And so we get the whole montage of him uh, doing the one-arm push-ups, jogging, hammering metal, pull-ups in the park, doing sit-ups, and all throughout it you hear Paul or, uh, Mickey screaming, faster, faster, because when he went to speed. Faster, faster, speed, speed, speed. And it culminates in Rocky finally catching the chicken, the dreaded chicken. Yes, right at the end of that montage, yeah, he does. He catches the chicken, and then it shows Mickey puts his fist up in the air. Oh, we got speed, we got speed. And then it shows him at the at the uh, the heavy bag. You know, he's getting faster and faster. Yeah, oh, it's a great montage, great montage. Not only does Rocky catch the chicken, he then chokes the chicken, and that's where Brett's parents turn the TV off. They're like, "You're not watching this." <laughs> <laughs> oh God. That's right. Those those are the jokes we do on staff picks, Brett. Uh, no, I'm I'm all I'm all here for it. Okay, and here again, what I love about this movie, it's all just pure Rocky amazingness from here on out. And again, they've been saving it. Stallone was so careful in holding it off until the perfect moment. And again, if you've seen the movie Creed, Creed does the same thing. They hold off on playing the Rocky theme music until the very end when it's so effective, it's so amazing. But here we go. So Rocky had his one training montage. But what I love about this one is there's two, because we have the even better one coming up next with the, the kids. Of course, because one training montage is not enough, not for a Rocky movie. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's the thing. Like, I always say Adrian saying win is like my favorite movie moment ever. But like Rocky running through the streets of Philadelphia with thousands of adoring children following him might actually I might actually like that one just as much. And they're in the same movie. <laughs> And I bet you anything, I just, I have a feeling they probably didn't have to pay any of those kids a dime to even be an extra. They probably said, just put it out as an open call in newspapers or put it on TV or whatever. Hey, any kid between, you know, like seven and 12, if you want to be in a Rocky movie, come on out. You're going to run with Rocky and run up the steps. 
I bet every kid was like, I'm there. I, I would have I would have done the same if I was old enough and lived in Philly. <laughs> yeah, this is so iconic. And again, I'd be shocked if people who have never, even if you've never seen Rocky II, I bet you have seen this scene where in, in the first movie, they have the scene where Rocky jogs through the streets of Philadelphia. That's how he trains every morning. And he goes through every iconic Philadelphia landmark because he's like the symbol of the city. And it culminates in him running up the steps of the art museum, I believe. Yeah. And he jumps at the top. That's his big thing. If he can run up the steps, that means he knows he's ready for the fight. So in this one, they replay that only. Rocky does the exact same run, except as he is running, he is followed by neighborhood children that adore him. They start following him and running with him. And he picks up like a magnet going through a thing of metal shavings. All these picks up new kids along the way during his run to the point when he gets to the art museum, he has literally like a thousand kids behind him. Exactly. It's starting, you know, it's a pack of 10 kids that first see him and then it, it grows a little bit. And yeah, by the time they're running up the steps, it's you feel like every every uh, child in the city is there for that moment. <laughs> I have a couple things I got to point out about this scene is that I love how he goes through every iconic area in Philadelphia. And again, I was just in Philly last summer. So I love I know all these locations. Now I've been up the steps. I've been to the Italian market. It's so cool seeing these in the movie. At one point, he jumps over the steps at Independence Hall where the Liberty Bell is. It's really cool. But (laughs) apparently all these kids were out of school that day. Why are there so many free range kids roaming around Philadelphia? (laughs) (laughs) That is kind of strange that you don't really get a sense of, uh, you know, what day of the week it is. If this is a weekend or why are these kids not in school? Is it summer? What's going on? Oh, no, wait, no. It was, uh, yeah, the fight happened on Thanksgiving, so it's not oh, summer. We know that much. It's it's like October. They're in school. Yeah. <laughs> Unless this is a weekend. I don't know where all these kids are, and there's not a parent to be seen. There's just kids roaming the parks in Philadelphia like, like pack rats. Here's probably how it went down. At whatever elementary school... You know, in whatever second grade homeroom, some kid looks out the window and sees Rocky running by and is like, uh, Miss, Miss Smith, um, Rocky just ran by. She's like, okay, fine, kids, go, go follow Rocky, go run with Rocky. And then the whole town follows him. Yeah. <laughs> go run with that strange middle-aged man who you're not related to. No problem. School was so much more lenient back then. Yeah, as long as you do your homework and bring it tomorrow, you're fine. Go run. Run with the boxing man. I'm sure that's that's fine. Yeah, but again, it's so iconic. And again, it's over the top. But damn it, it's Rocky. It works. Rocky Rocky has heart. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's so – I mean, when you think about it, yeah, it's completely cheesy. Especially – I mean, it's the iconic, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. You know, it's, it's the Rocky song. And so you, you not only have the kids running with him – the 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 version of that song they have like the kids choir getting strong now won't be long now gonna fly now i mean it's cheesiness i mean cheese meter wham it's hitting way past 10 on this although let me point out the mvp of this uh kid running scene i gotta give a tip a tip of the cap to the kid in the orange coat and the white pants who tries to keep up with stallone at the very end Oh, yeah, we, we hear them going, go, 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 yeah. go, that part, yeah. All these kids are trailing Rocky. Literally, he's the Pied Piper. He's got a 1,000 kids following him. And at the end, Rocky's trying to prove how fast he is now, so he takes off at top speed. And Sylvester Stallone can move. Like, you can see how fast he's running. But one of the kids in the crowd tries to keep up with him, probably like it's an ad lib. 
<laughs> and Stallone's like, F that, there's no way. So you see this kid trying his best to break away from the pack and keep up with Stallone, but Stallone ends up just dusting him. It's really funny. It's that extra that's like, screw this, I'm going to get more screen time. Come on, I'm going to try to keep up with that man. Yeah. And you know what he told, he told every friend of his, he's like, come see Rocky because I'm going to beat him in a race at the end. You know he told every every friend of his. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you won that race? That's not how I saw it. Well, they didn't use that take. They cut that, that part out and they used the other take where I was already tired. He's like Apollo Creed. Do you think I beat him in that race? Damn it, I didn't beat him, though. <laughs> I, I won, but I didn't beat him. But I always love the one kid who tries to keep up with Stallone, and he, there's no way, because Stallone's too fast. And then they all run up the stairs, and they're all jumping, and all the kids mob him. And they're like, Rocky, Rocky, and it's so cool and iconic. And again, it's cheese times 100%, but I love it. And the awesome thing about that, who has not done something like that in your lifetime? I mean, not even like if you happen to be there in the real place or like a, a similar art museum with a bunch of steps. But I mean, like everybody has parodied that at some point in their life, running up steps, running up a mountain, running up something with your hands in the air. Rocky, Rocky, everybody's done it. You know, it's just it's it, it is what it is. Yes, who among us has not summoned lots of strange children to follow them into a weird location? Yeah, the funny thing is when I do it, nobody follows me, you know? I don't <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. Well, there's so much trivia. Like, again, you go to Philadelphia, you go to that art museum. That's all it is is tourists running up and down those steps. <laughs> and the art museum hates it because they, they don't want to attract the Rocky crowd. It's really kind of funny. In fact, I don't know if you know this, but the, there's a statue in Rocky Three. And they ended up putting it at the art museum in Philadelphia. And the city's like, no, there's no way. That is a movie prop. It does not belong with our esteemed art museum. And so the, there's been a, a struggle for years between the city and the, the, the people that love the movie and the city planners where that statue should go. It's currently at the art museum, but they put it down on the lawn kind of in front of it off to the side. So you have to look for it. But like some people love that statue and those steps. Some people hate the Rocky movie because of those steps. I would think that the, that the art museum would like the you know the free publicity. I mean, everybody knows Rocky, and everybody knows you'd think that they would want that statue just to attract more people or whatever. <laughs> you'd think so, but Brett, it's a movie prop. It's not pure art. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> eh, free advertising is free advertising. So Rocky has done his double training montage, and now we go to the fight, which is called Super Fight 2. Super Fight 2, yes. And I actually don't have a whole lot to say about this. Like, what can you really say about a boxing match? <laughs> like, do you have anything really specific to mention about this? Uh, about the fight itself? Yeah. The, the funny thing is, I've done a good bit of fight choreography in my life, uh, both performing it and, like, designing it. So... It's not only do I love the Rocky movies and have, you know, pretty much my whole life. I've watched those fight scenes of basically every Rocky movie. I mean, more times than you can even count. I mean, back when I was watching it on VHS, I mean, I would wear the tapes out to where they just play so warped because I've rewound bits so many times studying the fights and the angles. Because, you know, with fight choreography, so much of it is about the camera angle for, you know, the placement of the shot to really uh, for it to look real. And then, you know, the the rule of fight choreography is the receiver of the punch has to be the one to sell that blow. 
And there are some moments uh, through throughout any Rocky movie where some of the punches, most of them are, are pretty effective, but occasionally there's a, a punch that will miss by a mile, but they'll have the sound effect there, and the receiver sells it hard enough with a good enough jerk of the head that you buy into it. Even though if you watched it in slow motion or paused it or whatever, you'd be like, oh, wow, there was literally like, you know, a foot, a foot and a half in between that glove and that face, you know? <laughs> but uh, but the, the fights are, are, are very effective. Um, I do remember, I think it was a commentary, uh, a director's commentary on like Rocky Balboa, where he mentioned... He thinks uh, Sly said that he thought he went overboard with the sound effects, which I yeah, I, I think I agree with that. Uh, the sound effects every time, of, you know, on every punch, it's so overdone. I mean, he talks about how, you know, they would uh, achieve those sounds. I think it was usually they would have a, uh, uh, you know, a heavy bag, but they would make it they would water it down because the sound was more effective. I think if it was wet and then basically just hit a heavy bag with a bat. <laughs> Or even beat it with like chains, they said at some point. So the sound effects, I mean, they're so overdone. <laughs> you know, I mean, you feel like you take two punches and you're going to be dead because it sounds like you just got hit by a semi truck, basically. And once again, they're getting hit every two seconds. Like, that's not real boxing. Yeah. There's... Oh, yeah. There is no strategy. Like, in, in a Rocky movie, there is no defense. You, I don't think I've ever seen Rocky Balboa dodge a punch, duck a punch, block a punch. He takes every single punch with his face. And that was kind of his strategy is that apparently the character just has a head like a rock <laughs> and he takes as much as he can and he wears his opponent out and he gets in enough shots along the way that his opponent by the end of the fight is pretty, is pretty done and he just, you know, he wins that final round and will knock the guy out. But, yeah, he takes every single punch in that movie. It's crazy. So, yeah, one, the, the fight in two is very similar to the fight in one. It's There's not much difference other than uh, there's a couple quotes here that I love where, where Rocky comes out and the commentator is like, why this fighter of limited ability remains so popular is a total mystery. <laughs> and then I've never seen so many Italians in my life. <laughs> I I had forgotten that line and, until uh, just rewatching it. Yeah, those commentators always had you know some funny one-liners every now and then. But yeah, the, the one about so many Italians in one place in my life. The other guy's like, "Hey, you said that, not me." But yeah, but the, the crowd is a hundred percent pro Rocky, which is the difference from the first one. Again, he was just lucky to be there. Now he's this huge favorite. Apollo has set himself up as the villain. That's the big difference. Although we do have one more quote here at the start where where Apollo comes out to the ring and. And Rocky's like, hey, that's Apollo. And Mickey's like, who'd you expect? And Rocky's like, I was hoping he wouldn't show. I was hoping he wouldn't show up, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the whole premise of this fight is that Rocky's the hero, Apollo's the villain, and Apollo is going to pound the ever-loving crap out of him for about 10 rounds. And Rocky's only really agenda is to... A, not get knocked out, and B, protect his bad eye until the end of the fight when he's going to go for the knockout. Yeah, uh, Mickey tells him at the, you know, before the start of the final round, you know, switch, switch now to Southpaw, will you? And he's like, no trick, no tricks, I ain't switching. I don't need no tricks, which I I don't know. I guess he just, he wanted to win 
he didn't want people to analyze the fight and be like, well, he just he did some sneaky stuff in the final round and he won. He he just wanted to win on his own without switching up his style at the last minute. And yeah, Rocky didn't want to win on tricks. He wanted to win mainly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't just smeal mainly. You want to win mainly. So, yeah. So Apollo just pummels Rocky. Rocky takes an absolute beating in this one. And they really the commentators even talk about it like this is plain old butchery. It's terrible. And like, uh, and, yeah, and Rocky's like, he broke my nose again. So like Rocky just gets pummeled in this one and he almost gets knocked out a couple times. And uh, <laughs> there's a little moment in like you have the little one liners you like. Here's a one-liner that I like in Rocky too. <laughs> my uncle, da- I have an uncle named David who was kind of a weird guy, and we'd always play. My grandfather had a tennis court, and we'd always be out there playing tennis as kids. And my uncle David loved a quote from Rocky too. He'd like, "Come on, I'm standing here." So like, if you're playing tennis and like you hit the ball and he won't get it, he's like, "I'm standing here." That's straight out of Rocky too. I don't know why he picked up this quote. He would quote it all the time. It happens right after round two. When Apollo's like, come on! And Rocky's like, I'm standing here. Yeah. And so I have no idea. My brother and I used to do that, mock that quote all the time. That's my Uncle David's tennis rant. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> okay, so here we go. Rocky just gets pummeled. He loses the first eight rounds. It's not even close, but Apollo can't knock him out. And then Rocky starts coming back. Because, again, Rocky can take a beating. That's his one thing. He never really takes any damage, even though he's bloody. His eyes aren't working, but he's protecting his one bad eye. And we get all the way up to round 15, and Apollo has not knocked Rocky out yet. And his trainers say, you're ahead on points. You're going to win this on points just like last time. Apollo cannot accept winning on points, so he's going to go for the knockout in round 15. And this is where the fun happens. Oh, yeah. His his pride is absolutely getting in the way. You know, his trainer is begging him, just, you know, don't go toe-to-toe with him. Just stay away. You got him beat on points. And, you know, the commentators are saying it also. You know, uh, Apollo wins his fight as long as he stays away. And, you know, Rocky, one of the most effective things about this fight, you can tell they they did do some real hits as far as the fight choreography goes. You can tell there's some shots that they actually shot. You know, they did a different frame rate, so it's literally shot in slow motion. And you can tell that, you know, they did some punches actually connecting. Uh, I mean, you can see Stallone's face and cheek just like jiggle, you know, on on two, three, maybe four hits. That's really effective. Um, but yeah, getting up to that last, uh, that last round, you know, they get to the center of the ring and Apollo before the round starts says, you know, you're going down and Rocky goes, nope, no way, which very, very different from the round one. They go to the, the center and, uh, I think Apollo said the same thing. You're going down and Rocky nodded his head and agreed with him. Like, yep, I know I am. <laughs> but by the end of the fight, you know, he's like, nope, no way. All right. So here we go. One of the most iconic sports movie endings ever where Apollo just keeps up his uh, ritual of trying to knock Rocky out and pound him. And Rocky's been fighting right-handed this whole movie. And then Rocky switches. He does the trickery that he didn't want to do because he gets mad, I think. And he starts turns around and starts pummeling Apollo with his left hand. And Apollo's not ready for it. I think Rocky catches him. And it's just Rocky pummeling him and the crowd going crazy because Rocky's going to win this fight. And it looks like it's going to be a knockout. And then we get this... Really interesting scene where Rocky hits Apollo and he loses his footing because he swings so hard and they both go tumbling to the ground in slow motion and we cut back to Adrian at home listening to it on the radio and she gasps. She's like, 
Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. A total different contrast to the first movie. Uh, Adrian, you know, doctor's orders. Adrian could not be at the fight. So she uh, she's at home watching on TV with uh, with Paulie, who surprisingly is kind of a small role in, in, in this movie. But yeah, he uh, so he, he does that. Uh, it's like left hook after left hook after left hook. Finally hits hits Apollo with the one that knocks him down. But yeah, he he slips and so he falls. So they're both on on the canvas. Uh, great slow motion shot, and the and you know the referee counting starts in slow motion. Ah, great ending. <laughs> I'm getting chills just thinking about it again. Okay, yeah. So here's the short version of the ending. The referee counts slowly. One. Two and both Stallone and Carl Weathers, Rocky and, and Apollo are both down, dead on their feet. They're just knocked out, basically, and they're all groggy trying to get up before the count of ten. And they both start climbing up, and it's all very slow motion and dragged out. And you see Adrian holding her hands over her eyes, and Apollo's wife holding her hands over her eyes, and everyone's just tense. And they both get up to the count of eight. And then right when they get to eight, Apollo suddenly kind of blanks out and slides back down the ring post and Rocky somehow pulls himself up on the rope and the referee turns around at the count of 10 and Rocky Balboa is standing up and Apollo's knocked out. And all of a sudden, much to the delight of probably every single person in that theater, again, I'm just getting chills thinking what that theater must have been like, Rocky has won the fight and the music starts and oh my God, it must have erupted in that theater. I can imagine strangers turning around to people in the row behind you and like high-fiving each other, you know, that Rocky won. I mean, I can imagine that. That would be awesome to think about back in 1979. I'm, I'm so jealous of the people who saw this in the theater. This has got to be my number one over anything. This is my number one theater movie. I'm so jealous I didn't get to see it. But, it, man, even even now when I watch it, it gets chill. I get chills when Rocky wins. Rocky is somehow now the heavyweight champion of the world. And, again, you have to remember he didn't win the first one, and there was no hint he was going to win this one at any point in the movie because he's getting pummeled. But, I mean, you know it has to. The sequel he has to win. It doesn't make sense if he doesn't. But he does. He's now the heavyweight champion. Adrian jumps up. He and his wife are going to have a – you know, world-class, rich life now. Everything's going to go well for him. And it's just an amazing happy ending after a what's really a bummer of a movie for the first 90 minutes. Yeah, and uh, he's got the the great uh, line. Oh, it's still, as far as uh, favorite movie moments, you know, I've got the win thing from Adrian, but Rocky's line he says to his wife after he's got the, the heavyweight belt is another one of my, most iconic favorite uh, movie moments uh, ever. I'll let you set that up if you wanted to. He yells, where's your hat? No. <laughs> no <he's, laughs> this is where we do the traditional boxing ritual of right after two people have pummeled the crap out of each other, now you interview them, which it seems like the worst possible time to interview them. So Rocky's like, <laughs> no, he's like, he holds up his belt. He says, uh, this is the greatest moment in my life. This is better than even my kid, almost as much as the, my kid being born. I want to thank Polly. I want to thank Mickey and you and Adrian. Yo, Adrian, we did it. or I did it. Oh, yeah. And, and that's where the whole, you know, everybody quotes, you know, yo, Adrian. That it's not from Rocky one. It's Rocky two. I think is the only. Uh, well, I could be I could be wrong if he ever said specifically the word yo. But the moment that sold it, that became the iconic catchphrase of yo, Adrian. It's from the end of Rocky 2, you know. I just want to say one thing to my wife who's home. Yo, Adrian, 
I did it! I think he does say in the first one, but it's sad. It's like, it's not happy. It's like, hey, yo, Adrian. This is the first, yo, Adrian. So it's the happy version. Exactly. It wasn't, you know, yo, Adrian, you want to go to the zoo? <laughs> so, and we end right there. We go right to the end credits with Rocky holding up the belt. And man, like you ever talk about a movie, people coming out of the theater all excited and jazzed up. That that was the one. And again, I just wish I could have seen this. And again, I love Rocky three. Rocky three is now he's rich and successful and he loses his edge. The eye of the tiger, he loses his championship to Mr. T. Although I do not buy that Rocky Balboa would be a good champion. I, I think he would have lost within a couple title defenses. I don't buy the story, but three is fun. But again, two is still very much in the realm of reality. I really love it. And I have nothing bad to say about it. Yeah. It's uh, there's certain movies that I associate with my childhood and Definitely Rocky Two is is high up on that list. Yes, and again, it's not a cartoon like 3 and 4, and there's nothing wrong with 3 and 4, but please, everyone, give Rocky Two its due, because it's the last one that really, really tried to be a legitimate movie. And, like, I, know, I don't think this one got nominated for anything, but I, I think it should have. I think it's really well done. I'm very impressed. I think it was Stallone's first directorial movie, I would assume. I'm not sure if it was first or second, but, like, he was very new. He was uh, still still considered an actor not an action star but i i really think two is well done and it should no longer be the jan brady of the rocky movies oh yeah it is every bit as good if not better than the first it's just just a matter of opinion and and to me it is it is my favorite of uh, of the series all right well we've cl- cl- crossed two hours i'm uh, very excited we made this longer than i expected but yeah we had a lot to say about it yeah had uh, had, had a lot of fun uh, chatting about this with you all right, do you have anything else to say about Rocky II or anything you'd like to plug where people can see you? Are you, are you in any good uh, commercials or movies lately or anything? Oh, uh, I was in a film that's up on uh, Amazon Prime right now. Uh, it's called Skid. Uh, it's basically the almost the entire movie takes place on a plane, and I am the wisecracking co-pilot. Uh, you can find <laughs> it on Amazon Prime. Uh, again, it's called Skid, S-K-I-D. Uh, it's family-friendly. Um, it's one of those that, yeah, you don't need to worry about watching it with young kids or grandma in the room. It's a uh, very, very clean film. Also have something that's coming out. Uh, I don't know where it's going to be uh, eventually. You know, they're going to try to get it up on some streaming services, but it's a movie called Birdie, B-I-R-D-I-E. Um, it shot last summer, and I played the uh, parole officer in it. Um, but that's that's probably the only things out there that people could have easy access to. Because pretty much anything else that I've done is only airing in, like, the Oklahoma market, (laughs) the old commercials and stuff like that. All right. Well, again, I just want to uh, thank you for joining me on the show. And, again, everyone, uh, thank you for listening. My name is Mario Lanza. This is Staff Picks. If you need to reach me, you can reach me at staffpickspodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at Mario J. Lanza. Until next time, I'll be out there searching for more movies that deserve more love and are probably not sequels, and I'll find somebody interesting to come on and talk about them. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Don't you go get some sleep. Oh, no, no, I feel great. I feel great. Listen, I've been thinking, if you don't want me mixing with Creed no more... We'll make out some other kind of way, you know? There's one thing I want you to do for me. What? Come here. What? Win.
What are we waiting for? Take this. 